Hey everyone, and welcome to a brand spankingly new episode of Kellen's Petty Talk Show. This was a very special one for me. The great Joe Boynton has returned. You mostly remember him as the vocalist of the legendary rock and Massachusetts band known as Transit. But nowadays, he's got a new project called Narrowcast, and we talk about it all. This was my first return guest on the podcast, and as you can imagine, figuring out a whole new set of questions wasn't you know the easiest task, but it ended up being not too terrible. You know, Joe, Joe's a great talker, and you'll hear quite a bit of bullshitting about movies, his education, a hilarious road rage incident, you know, a time that this guy almost threatened him with a fucking grenade, you know, shit like that, and, you know, everything in between, so... New Narrowcast music is being recorded in March, but if you're new to the group, go check out their stuff on Spotify or Apple Music. It's truly incredible. Be sure to give the podcast a positive review and slap it with that five-star rating. Um, you know, I'm trying to get some new merch made soon, so hopefully I can make that happen. And yeah, sit back, relax, and listen, and forgive. She's doing. I need all layers on me as I interview legends for thee. So grab your friends, your dog, and your fish. It's time to rip a new episode for the kids. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Kellen's Petty Talk Show. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Kellen's Petty Talk Show. I watched um, the mil- um, the Man with No Name trilogy, cool. Once Upon a Time in the West, um, Fistful of Dynamite, which was so long. Nice. <laughs> it was, and the ending was so weird. Uh, it just I, lo- I left the movie being like, what the what the fuck was that? What was uh, that? <laughs> yeah, uh, and now I'm watching what's it called? Um, like Angry Day or something. I'm watching the movie with. Uh, one of the villains from the good, the bad, and the ugly angel eyes, a uh, day of anger. Oh, I got to put that in my letterbox. That's one of my favorite Westerns of all time is good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. So I'm trying to find like angel eyes, all of his movies. Um, this one's pretty good so far. The beginning was a little rough, um, uh-huh. but it's definitely getting better. What was it called? Don't, um, yeah. Day of anger. Day um, of anger. Yeah. Um, it's a, uh, you miss the directing like you're having you miss the dialogue the dialogue's not really great the directing isn't really great it's hard to compete with Sergio Leone right um being one of the greatest of all, all times um so even with the same actors you're just you're missing that oh you're just missing the tension you're missing so much but you're the still energy. excited to see you know some great you know western actors like 
just on screen. That's yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm bummed. I did the best first, but I went through Tarantino's list of favorite Westerns. And the first one I watched, I was like, this is, this is terrible. Which one was that? <laughs> Which one was it? Um, what was that one? Um, Oh, I hated it. Let me see if it's on my history. Uh, the mercenary. Okay. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so I'm going to go through his list, but he likes a lot of silly stuff, like a lot of, uh, you know, campy stuff too. So, so I had the, uh, I had the singer of polar bear club on this thing a couple months back and he mm-hmm. told he told me he runs this like movie club. So I, yeah. obviously instantly I was interested. So mm-hmm. I, I started, I started doing his movie club and we just watched this Western called the searchers, which is one of the oh, John, nice. John Ford ones. Yeah. And everyone pretty much hated it. Like just about everybody. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was like kind of in the middle, but yeah, people yeah. hated on it. It was so funny. Oh man. I feel like there's so many, like, yeah. They made so many of those that it's yeah. hard. And there's so many, so many with great ratings. Exactly. So you can't trust the ratings. You have to like, you gotta trust the letters. content. Yeah. Yeah. You have to like really just sift through it yourself. Just like give it 10 minutes and then shut it off. Give it 10 minutes, shut it off. Right. But dude, it's so, it's so nice to see you again. This has been yeah. like what, two years since we've done one. Yeah, Just, I think so. Yeah. You're one of the best episodes I've ever done. So I'm really excited about this. Nice, man. Thank you. Thank you. That was a lot of fun last time. Um, so much fun. Dude, I'm in this weird, like, middle of winter. My wife's on a road trip. Well, she just got up to Massachusetts, and I'm still in North Carolina. So I'm, like, I'm in the middle of it. Like, I'm just watching these movies, hanging out with my cats. <laughs> just having a good time. <laughs> yeah, just having a good time. That's great. Are you still good at uh, making pizza? Still good at what? Making pizza. Yeah, I'm actually making one right now, but it's a frozen one. <laughs> yeah. um, I actually have to uh, throw it in the... This is so funny, but I actually have to throw it in the oven. Do it. Uh, do it up. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, I'm still doing it. I actually watched a bunch of documentaries, uh, mostly on Netflix and stuff and on YouTube about like New York slices and trying to like do it perfect. One right. of my buddies has a... Uh, Set alarm for 15 minutes. No, it's not working. I forgot I upgraded my internet recently, so that's not working. I'll do it on my phone. Um, anyway, my buddy has one of those like outdoor ovens that goes to like 700 degrees. So, oh, that's sick. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do my best just with the regular oven. I'm not gonna ball out and buy one of those just yet, but. I made uh, I made jambalaya in the crock pot. It's cooking right now. <laughs> Whole house must smell incredible. It probably does. I'm I have my bedroom door closed, but it probably smells insane. Oh man! There. Um, but yeah, like uh, for Thanksgiving this year, I went to my brother's house in Arizona, mm-hmm. and they cooked turkeys underground. That's like, great. We went to somebody's house and they did like did the pitting thing where they like yeah. throw them in a pit and they bury it and then mm-hmm. it smokes overnight. That was insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds incredible. I've never um, seen something like that. It, I haven't seen anything like that. Um, I've seen things where people like cook, like just roast a whole pig, like outside, just yeah. like crazy stuff like that. But I haven't seen specifically what you're saying, but it sounds incredible. Yeah, yeah. Best turkey I've had. I woke up, um, uh, woke up, it was like seven o'clock in the morning. And I was just like, holy shit, what does that smell? That's yeah. incredible. I go downstairs and my father-in-law is making a bacon weaved turkey. He weaved the whole turkey and bacon. And I said, count me in. (laughs) I'm like, I know I'm home. Like, 
yeah. here it is. Like I said something like that. Like this is the greatest morning of my life. <laughs> That's so sick. Yeah, dude. He's a magical, magical person. What else have you been cooking up lately? Anything? Anything good? No. Um, no, man. I make uh my wife's like an incredible cook. Her family has chefs on like both sides, her mom's side and her dad's. That's how they met. They were both um like chefs. Um, so she takes over a ton of the cooking. Um, I don't know, man, we make, um, we make, uh, shepherd's pie, like ragoons. We make, um, chicken pot pie. Like it's basically like a biscuit. It's like inside the biscuit itself. Yeah. I love them. Oh, it's so good. It's like, but it's in like a muffin tin. Yeah. Um, best comfort food there is. Yeah, I make a mean ramen, so I'll do like <laughs> pork ramen, but I'll do it differently. I'll make it like like uh, like noodles. I'll get all of the water out and I'll make it like sticky noodles, and then yeah, I'll like yeah. crack an egg over there. I'll use cayenne pepper. Nice. Um, so I'll do that. That's really comforting. I know it's so bad for you, but I'm not really a cook compared to my wife. She's incredible. That's cool. At least you have somebody to learn from. Yeah. Right. Are you still um, playing a lot of video games? I'm um, playing Heroes of Might and Magic 2. I have played okay. so much of it. I used to play it in the 90s um, with my friend. One of my my first friend I ever had, actually, I've been friends with him since I was five. Uh, Adam, his brother, Ivan, my brother, Kevin. Uh, and we used to just be on his like old giant tower, like DOS computer mm-hmm. um, and just take turns while playing like Twisted Metal 2 on PlayStation 1. So we would be like playing that game. And then in between because it's role based so you would just take turns on your turn building your castle building your armies collecting resources so i'm like i'm like i got the house you know i'm just working from home um you know i'm just like i don't really feel like going anywhere it's kind of like just been dumping down rain like all week I'm like i'm just going to play this game that i used to play in the 90s watch every western movie that's worth watching <laughs> and just eat shitty food all week so that's all i've been doing that's so sick. <laughs> how's your uh, how's your daughter doing? She's amazing. Uh, she's so close to like talking. She's like she's she says a couple words. She says dada mama. Uh, nice. She is starting to like babble and almost sounds like sentences in like pig Latin. Like and I know it's coming like so close where she's going to be like forming sentences and she's just like running all around the house. Uh, she's incredible. She's in Massachusetts right now. My wife they had right. to deliver a bassinet. So on my wife's side of the family, they have a like hundred year old bassinet <laughs> that every baby takes a picture in um, when they're born. Yeah, yeah. And Amanda's my wife's cousin's uh cousin just had twins. So we had to we were gonna ship it up and it's like eighteen hundred dollars to ship. Yeah. So like let's save that money, spend about four hundred. Amanda can go on a road trip because she's she can she's so good at like saving money and everything like that. And we she's her family's been in Salem for long enough that she has like good hookup with like hotels and stuff and just places to stay and stuff like that. So she's up there, we cut the cost down from 1800 to ship to four, $400 total of her trip. And, uh, she's up there right now with the baby. So I'm missing them like hell. Yeah. That's awesome. How have you been enjoying like being a father in general? Unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it's exhausting, but it's such a rewarding, um, like effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's it's, it's definitely the hardest and most, um, like rewarding thing I've ever done. Uh, it's nuts. Like she looks so much like me and Amanda. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm just like thinking of my childhood. Like my memory started when I was like five. I think I have a couple memories of when I was four, mm-hmm. but she's 15 months now. So we're just trying to like teach her everything we can be as loving as possible. Um, help her be independent. Um, and just making her laugh. She's just so goofy. Like She just runs around yeah. so much personality. I used to think personality started later in life, but from being a father, you realize like our personalities came out like pretty quick, like in the first few months. Yeah. No, that's great. Which is crazy. One of my friends, uh, she has like a, like a daughter that's like almost three, I think. And mm-hmm. she said the first year was super easy, but then all hell broke loose. Like once she was able to t- start talking <laughs> Yeah, and it's just been a lot harder, but I don't know if that was like that for you for like the first year, if it was easier, if it was kind of tough. Um, the first year was pretty easy, you know, like first few months, she's just like staring at the ceiling, not really like, you know, making a few different noises, reacting a little bit, smiling, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, I just want to play and (laughs) I want to smash everything, um, takes out everything. It's great. So just like, this is mine. Like there's zero, (laughs) like thought of like i shouldn't do this it's just like hey what's over here you know computer tower smashed is like push it over over. um you know what's over here like obviously we would cover all the outlets and stuff like that but she'll still try to get it like any wires or headphones she's just like immediate like headphone rip like everything is just that's there let's go like all day and it's crazy Oh, dad, you made a pizza. Well, guess what? Now it's on the floor. <laughs> now it's on the floor. Yeah. She'll <laughs> love something one day. And then the next day, just like take, she will systematically take anything on her tray and just pick it up, <laughs> drop it on the floor. She's like, pick it up, drop it on the floor. Just take a whole plate of pasta. <laughs> you give her a plate of something and she'll just put her hands under it and just throw it. That's so awesome. Just put it on the tray. That's like stuck there, like in front of her. Yeah. Uh, and hope you know, and just try or give her different things at a time and just see what works and see what she's into. But man, it's so funny. And I'm sure, I'm sure when she like throws shit out on the floor, she's probably just smiling. So it's hard to get mad at her. Yeah. You can't get mad at, yeah. you can't get mad at someone uh, like you can't get mad at a baby. Like I'm, I know, I know parents do. I know a lot of parents, especially new parents. Yeah. And there's just like nothing. There's no anger or maliciousness coming from this from this person they're right. just they're just doing <laughs> like they're just here's a bunch of stuff i'm gonna either eat it throw yeah. it smack it in my face like she's just doing things and just exploring so it's 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 so it's so funny i can't wait for them to come home plus there's just not enough brain function yet to like you know have a filter so you can't really get mad at a baby i know a lot of people end up doing that but it's kind of crazy it's being reactionary. You got to try to be like proactive and like engaging. And even when it's like, Oh God, you know, you just, you just dumped it on my foot. Oh God. Like you just (laughs) got to like keep it to yourself because they're listening and they're reacting to you. Exactly. And even though they're not speaking, they are reacting to your anger. So you can, you know, you don't want to mess someone up and and change their personality. You want them to like naturally grow. So I don't know. The best thing is like there's podcasts like um, what was the one I was just listening to? Um, yeah, I found a lot of great advice from uh, this one podcast. <sighs> Listen to like only I've only listened to, like two episodes. I also signed up for this texting thing that will text you advice 
right. on being a dad or just like on kids. It's like, Hey, your daughter's this, this, this old try this or whatever. I just like try to do everything I can. But the last thing you want is her speaking like she's from Boston right off the bat. You know, you don't want, no, that. I don't know if she will. She's probably, we're going to get in trouble for her swearing when she goes to school. There's yeah. no way. Like my wife swears <laughs> all the time. She's very Massachusetts and, <laughs> um, she's very Massachusetts and, she has already told me like, we're going to have to deal with angry parents. It's inevitable. Like I'm not going to be able to stop. And it's I'm like, happen. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. The dad edge uh, podcast was recommended to me. Okay. Um, and that's that was, I, I've listened to a few episodes and it's pretty great, but I don't know. I mean, I grew up in a really big family. So my mom ran a daycare. I helped her with that. I worked at a YMCA. I'm just trying to remember, like it was high school when I was at the YMCA, um, working there. And then, um, I was, you know, in elementary school when my mom had a daycare. So I'm trying to just remember and just, just slowing down and taking your time is like the best thing you can do. How was the YMCA? That sounds, that sounds wild. Nuts. Yeah. Nuts. When I worked the YMCA, people had flip phones at the time. This is a flip phone era. A lot of phones went in the pool from kids just oh, yeah. taking your phone and throwing it. We had this kid named, um, we called him the, the Steez, Steven <laughs> Steezarelli. And he used to just say what his dad said. He was a very Italian little kid. And he'd be like, he literally says like, he said to us, he said, um, I like my watermelon, but not too sweet. <laughs> and we just lost it. Um, just little things like that. We had um, this kid who looked exactly like Steve Buscemi. And, uh, but just a little Steve Buscemi and, uh, he oh didn't talk God. about the other kids. So I was like, I'm going to talk to this kid. I'm going to make his day. He told me the entire plot to Nicholas Cage's Knight Rider. I think it was so that, that, you know, that, um, that one, like Marvel, like that one, like comic book movie he did. I think it was ghost rider, ghost uh, rider. Sorry. Ghost rider. Yeah. Um, not Knight Rider, uh, way different. <laughs> Knight Rider and, would be uh, George Romero, right? Think. Yeah. Yeah. He told, he told me the whole movie. I know like the whole movie front to back. I've never watched it. I'll never need to. And then we had this kid, Phil Scroff and uh, he got in trouble for telling inappropriate jokes at the YMCA. And uh, he had a really high pitched voice and he was a bigger kid. And uh, at the end of Every day we would walk the kids down to get picked up by the parents and the grandfather would pick them up in like this Ford truck, um, like an old Ford red truck. And on the dashboard, the grandfather would have a giant meatball sub waiting for him every day. What? That's amazing. Every, every day this kid's eating a giant meatball sub. And I'm like, I'm like Carl, there's the sub. It's like, yeah, every day. He's <laughs> like, and then there's a kid, Benjamin, that if he told him no, he would just wind his foot back and kick in between your legs as hard as he could, so you had to learn to like catch his foot because he would what? go try to kick you there. So it was definitely an interesting YMCA in Saugus, Massachusetts. It was definitely crazy kids. What year was that? Do you remember? Oh man. So high like yeah. I was in high school. I want to say it was 2004, 2000. Yeah, 2004, 2005. Oh, so definitely pre transit. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Uh, transit was uh, freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like just starting school the same time. Yeah. That was crazy. What's uh, what's life like over there in North Carolina? 
I know you like it's, it. It's uh, it's cool. Uh, friend groups. I really like my friends down here. Um, I miss a lot of my friends back home in Massachusetts. Um, a lot of really creative people, like artists, musicians, uh, f- uh, like filmographers. Like my friend Seamus is incredible with the camera. My friend uh, Greg is incredible with uh, his art with paintings, and he makes these like makes these tables he'll just like make an entire table like incredible and do a lot of things in resin like he'll cast things in resin um oh that's super cool my mom does that yeah it's so cool where it's like Um, that glossy finish kind of thing yeah yeah and then uh, my friend alan is a musician and he's great um uh, my friend adam who's my wife's facetiming me um adam from taking back sunday lives 20 minutes down the road, my friend Adam, um, uh, is incredible at every instrument I've seen him play. <laughs> yeah. He's amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been great down here, man. It's really, uh, it's just a really great environment, uh, for us, especially with, a with the baby, um, to have such like a loving, warming friend group, um, down here. And, uh, I don't know, Massachusetts was just so cold and so nonstop, um, and expensive. So I know I'm, I'm sitting in my own house. I never thought I'd own a house. I thought I would be renting, you know, a tiny apartment my entire life. Um, uh, when I lived in Salem, we were in the tiniest, like makeshift apartment, like third floor. It was like a attic that became an apartment. It was, it was so small. We're really thankful to have that space and Amanda's family for having us to be able to stay there. But, uh, yeah, there's no way we were going to stay in that. And then, uh, no, it's not really easy to get a job after like oh, pizza's done. Um, not really easy getting, a getting a job after being in a band for like 10 years, people look at you like you just didn't want to work. Uh, that was the vibe I got. It took me like two months of applying to like get a job, um, that actually paid the bills. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, um, let's see how this came out. So is there any cool hiking over there in North Carolina? Yeah. Um, I don't do a lot of it. I've gone like a few times. Um, uh, there's definitely, there's definitely a lot of great places. I don't know the names of them, but I know there's a <laughs> bunch of spots. Um, I don't know, man, I'm really just been inside. I've just been like a hermit. Um, it's a good way to be though. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been a hermit, just watching movies. Um, I'm watching all the movies I don't get to watch. Like when, the baby's home or when Amanda's home. Cause we always try to like figure out what we want to watch together. Yeah, so I'm yeah. just going down the list of like, she doesn't like older movies. So I'm just watching all these like classic Westerns right now. You're Halloween, on, on letterbox, right? Yeah. 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 I need to use it more. I just Google everything. I just Google and uh, I'm starting to use rotten tomatoes less and IMDb less. Good. Um, Good. Because rotten just, tomatoes, people are, the studios are literally paying to get scores now. You know that, right? that's how imdb was first i believe imdb was the first one i trusted that switched yeah and i'm like why is this getting a good score i've seen like i know i'm not a critic but like this isn't good and then the 200 top 250 list uh was great like early 2000s i watched so many movies on that list and now i'm i don't even want to look at it i'm like afraid to see what's been stuck on there yeah um and I love Marvel movies, but they're all A's, like every one. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. 
I don't nah. believe that for these Westerns I'm watching, they're all like great scores and I'm going through them like 10 minutes. I'm like, Nope, go to the next one and give it 10 minutes. Nope. Go to the yeah. next one. Holy shit. This is incredible. Like yeah. some directing is just bad pacing. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, I'm getting really weary of Netflix right now. I'm trying to watch less stuff on Netflix. Netflix um, sucks. I hate Netflix. Yeah, it's um they just have a weak movie selection. Like the shows end up being decent from time to time, but the movies yeah. are awful. awful. We got we watched this like um it was I think it was uh Mila Kunis had like a thriller movie and it's like two hours long and it had like a pretty good review and the whole movie was just nothing happening. <laughs> like nothing like I've seen these thrillers, like they get listed as thrillers and like nothing is happening for a long time and it's just like a scene and a scene and a scene and you're like yeah. there's no pacing at all where is this going like direct like you know what i mean i i biggest thing i can't stand is a lack of pacing and um explaining scenes instead of the scenes happening yeah yeah i fucking hate that i hate when people talk about an event and yeah. it's never shown I think you would definitely hate the movie that's out right now. And I haven't even seen it yet, but just on the basis of what everybody's saying, there's this horror movie called skin of a rink. That was, it was made, it was made for $15,000. So it's, it's basically trying to pull like a Blair witch Yeah, and it's already made over a million. So it's killing in the box office. Wow. But yeah. I hear it's like an hour, 40 minutes of like TV static or some shit. Like you're literally like watching nothing for like this entire runtime. Like can't do it very minimally like stuff going on. And it's I'm kind of an asshole. Where, like you told me the name is skin of a rink. You know, watching it. <laughs> I can't No, but I can't. It's like half the people are given this like a half a star and then the other half are giving it like four stars. So I don't know what to do. That's crazy. Right? Um, right. I got to check. I got to I got to look into this a little bit. I, I had a ticket to it last night and I didn't go because I was half tired and half like my, my AMC A-list account. Like it wasn't showing up and I was like, fuck, I'm not going to go down to this theater and just have them turn me away. Like, you know, I had a ticket, but it's not showing. Uh, I can't even find it. Hold on. How do you spell skidamarink? Oh skin? Like, like skidamarink is just <laughs> terrible. No, no. <laughs> I've seen Troll 2. I've seen Demons at the Door, which is fully the full soundtrack <laughs> is ICP. Um, I've seen Big Money Hustlers, another ICP movie. I've seen some bad movies that have insane. No, I'm just kidding. I've, had, I've seen some really bad movies. I tried watching Rubber. I watched this like toxic high school. Like Rubber was kind of fun. That was all right. Yeah, but I've like, like, I haven't watched the Sharknado movies, but I I've seen Shoot Fighter. Have you ever seen, you know, Bloodsport? Yeah, I know Bloodsport. Yeah. Think of like Bloodsport, like the poor man's Bloodsport. There's a movie called Shoot Fighter. Shoot Fighter. <laughs> Put that on your list. I'm so yeah. happy that I saw that. I watched that by myself on my phone. And Blood, Blood Fighter, or what was it called? No, Shoot, shoot, shoot Fighter. Shoot Fighter. Shoot Fighter. Yeah, shoot yeah. fighter is, it's, it's like, it's like just one on one combat to the death, and it's called Shoot Fighting. And. <laughs> There is a scene where there's supposed to be dialogue and the guy just doesn't talk <laughs> and he just like goes, hmm, hmm. And it's so long and there's no words and you're just like, this isn't real. And no. it's so fucking funny <laughs> um, that you need to see it. And there's a montage, there's a basketball montage in it. That's just so funny. I tried watching the second one. It was even worse. It's, it, you know, movies are so bad. They're not worth watching. That's where that's the territory oh, yeah. it went into. Shoot oh, Fighter 1's worth watching. 2 is not. Um, 
But uh, yeah, man. Troll 2 is worth watching, though. That with an audience especially is fun. That Troll is 2 time. is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. It's insane. Yeah. One of my buddies is in a movie called Night Feeders. Okay. They uh, did the podcast. I was on a, a podcast with um, John Nolan and my friend Greg and uh, Mike Baby. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Mike Baby was in the movie Shallow Hell as a background extra and he was sipping coffee. He was in a what? really big Doritos commercial. That's so um, cool. And, and he was like a, one of the starring roles of Night Feeders, which is a horror movie. That's really funny. That's worth that's worth watching. It's hard to find though. Is it one word? Just night feeders? Uh, night feeders. I think so. Let's see. That's on Letterboxd. That's why I love this app. It just comes right up every time. Oh yeah, from two thousand six. Yep. Yep. I'm adding that. Yep. He's uh. He's not listed as the main. I guess yeah. He guess he's 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 one of the guys. He's like one of the um main people though. There's like four or five mains. Let me see if this is the right one. Okay. Let me see. Night feeders, Mike Monzetta. I can actually just search him on. Uh, this has to be it. Someone took the name. There it goes. If you do Mike feed, yep, yep, Mike, uh, Mike Monzetta as Andy, and night feeders. Yep. Hell yeah! I'm gonna check His that out. His picture didn't come up on Google, but um, when you search it on IMDb, it comes up. That looks really cool. Um, I like the post. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah uh, yeah that one's really funny um but horror, yeah, man, horror is the one genre it can be bad and still be good one of my favorite bad horror movies is probably jason x oh my god yes the sleeping bag scene and the yeah. um the face smashing scene mm-hmm. you can't unsee that that's one of the best kills of all time in my opinion Ever. the frozen face yeah. to the death yeah, yeah. no 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 yeah, so creative so I was I, the very one of the very last movies I went to see during right before COVID hit hit was Jason X on film at the Tarantino Theater, no shit. And the the writer was supposed to be there and Todd Farmer or whatever, and he canceled. And that was the first time I was like, damn, this like COVID is getting serious. But yeah. we still got to see it, and yeah, packed crowd. It was sick. It was awesome. Fuck. Oh man, I'm so jealous of that. Yeah, we need so- more Uber Jason in the world. One of the last movies I saw in the theaters was uh, The Northman. Oh, so good. And I left, like, my older brother loved to, like, bad, like, I call it a bad band, but Disturbed yeah. is a bad rock band. And oh, yeah. uh, horrible. He, he, he loved him so much that he said to me, Joey, he goes, I was so fucked up the other night. I was stupefied. And I <laughs> laughed so hard. I'm still laughing about it now. The Northman, after I finished it in theaters, left me stupefied. I didn't have a comment. I was just like, wow, that ending scene. I don't <laughs> want to spoil it for anyone that's that's listening or watching, but like that ending scene was unbelievable. That Did was you like it? The- Did you like the movie? I liked it. And I okay. and I know it's not I know his directing isn't for everyone. Yeah. But um I loved it. I did want it to be more of like just nonstop battles, like epic Lord of the Rings battles. That's what the trailer wanted me to take from it, like what yeah. I wanted. And it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. But the ending was, I loved it. The, the battle at the end was so epic. And then the what the fuck moment at the end was epic. And then the uh, the campfire scene was awesome. There was so many moments. It wasn't like a, a perfect movie, but I think that there was so many moments that were just perfectly executed. Yeah, that first scene where he's like storming the village and just like oh. tearing people apart was amazing. 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 It was so good. 
uh, when they g- gathered up all the women and children, that was brutal. I couldn't brutal. even handle that. I was so distraught after that. I was like, yeah. I don't know if I like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't like, I didn't really like the lighthouse that much. His last oh, movie. I See, I liked it, but it, it was like, I could not understand what the hell William Defoe was saying the whole time. I know. But I also like that because it's so authentic to probably how someone <laughs> would sound like that. So I'm okay. And if I put yeah. on the subtitles and I can pause it, right. the vibe, it's the only movie that gives me the amazing ocean-like vibe that Jaws gave me since Jaws. That's true. And see, all those aspects and elements I loved. Yeah. And I'm yeah. a very much vibe person. The vibe of the movie is the, one of the most important things for me. So even if a movie goes on too long or it deviates, if the vibe is perfectly executed like that, I'm watching it the whole time. I'll watch it for like three hours. <laughs> I actually, I went to go visit my cousin cause he's in the coast guard in Massachusetts right now. Yeah. And back in June, we went and visited the jaws locations. It was so sick. Oh, it was so fun. Been. Martha's that vineyard. Incredible. It's fun there. You just go there and you, you can like rent a bike. Like right when you get in there, there's like tons of spots. You can rent a bike and it's 30 yeah. bucks for the day. And you just you mm-hmm. cruise around the island. It's so fun. Dude, I'm so jealous of how connected you are with like movies. Because oh, yeah. I like, I, I, I like movies probably more than I even like music. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm constantly watching movies. Um, and I get a lot of influence from especially the newer lyrics with Narrowcast from movies. Um, so I'm just like, and I've been obsessed since middle school you know my first favorite movie was et which i still think is a great movie so great not enough fog machines the whole movie is a fog machine right (laughs) my favorite scene is just the kids with like like hanging out at the kitchen table and it's just super smoky some reason that's like one of my favorite scenes of the movie and then when he's out near the shed and like the backdrop everything's perfect um i like the beginning of the movie more than the end yeah, you're talking um, about like when they order the pizza and stuff, right? Yeah, just all that. It's perfect. It's perfect. All that's perfect. It's perfect setup, perfect beginning of an adventure. Like, yeah, vibe is dead on. Um, everything in the house area, like kitchen area, living room area in that movie is dead on. I really like Signs. I get a lot of shit for it because um, <laughs> I have a lot of friends that don't like that movie. Um, I think it has a really great vibe and it's really spooky until you see the alien obviously it could have been more effective cgi like the cgi wasn't perfect i understand that um there was a huge plot hole with like water in the atmosphere i understand that mm-hmm. a little bit of bad writing but yeah. the vibe and the tone and the screenplay the knife under the door with the oh it's, it's so oh, many yeah. good hitchcock um nods like like you can tell he was obsessed he's obsessed with hitchcock he studies hitchcock and he studied spielberg yeah he did it good enough that i loved it and there's not enough farm alien movies for me he did it justice but honestly that movie is forever ruined for me by scary movie three <laughs> uh, yeah I, I don't remember that one very well so oh my god they destroy signs in that movie it's oh. like it's just the perfect parody but i mean signs was great though signs was good yeah, um, I'm curious how his new knock at the cabin movie is going to be. That comes out. I've watched weeks. a few of his movies since because Lady in the Waters, where like I really fell off. I actually liked mm-hmm. um, the village. Um, yeah, I didn't like it when I first saw it in theaters, and then when I accepted that it wasn't this like ho- true horror film, mm-hmm. um, I liked it later on. Yeah. Uh, Unbreakable is is amazing. Um, Sixth Sense is amazing he's, he's, he's a lot. 
Yeah. Um, some of it, like, um, some of his more like comedies. Dude, one of his, he had a comedy about these like grandparents that are like fucked up. Like these kids go to visit their grandparents, and there's a scene where like someone gets like a diaper in the face, and it's like a full <laughs> one. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, there's some insane moments. Um, the visit. Yeah, I feel like he 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 was getting so hyped like the next Spielberg, and it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but I think he still he still has it to an extent. I wish he had the same assistant directors and whoever he had at the beginning of his career. Totally. It's definitely I different feel feeling. that he had a dream team and they probably went other places. Yeah, something fell apart for sure. But but it's still there. And I still have, I always watch his movies. I always have hope that he's going to have this crazy, like perfect movie again. Mm-hmm. I think he has it in him. Um, yeah, I just. uh it just wasn't the last one. The last one, the old, I think it was. Yeah, that was it was fine. It, it was just kind of like entertaining, but it wasn't a great yeah. movie. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's like a B or a, or a C plus. Like I'm not getting the signs again. I'm not yeah. getting um, you know, six cents or unbreakable again. But right. Um actually he had a really good movie, the sequel. Uh I thought the sequel to Unbreakable was um was it split? Split and then glass was the one after that. Yeah, I thought those were great. Uh, okay. I don't remember having any problem with those. Um, I never saw Glass. Yeah. Did I miss Glass? I know I saw Split. Split was the one that everyone seemed to really like. Glass. People yeah, that was his of. that was his comeback. Like out of all the movies that people didn't like, Split yeah, was sure. his comeback. Definitely. But I don't remember Glass too much, but I was pretty sure I watched it. I'm, I'll, I'll have to double check. Speaking of. Two- Speaking of some wild ass indie horror movies, did you ever check out Terrifier 2 yet? No. Man. I dude. have a baby. Like, I don't know when I'm gonna watch this thing. I can't <laughs> watch it anywhere near her. Uh is it's it insane? Is it everything it's hyped to be? I think so, man. I, I wow. left that movie and it just blew me away. For for an indie horror movie to be made for 250k and just like Whoa. it looks like it's made for at least a couple million. And wow. They made like 14 million in the box office. Holy shit. And it's like some of the craziest creative kills I've seen in years. Yeah, see, that's like gory horror. Like, I'm more thriller horror. Totally. I will, yeah. Like, I watched Planet Terror. Um, that's fun. With, uh, you know, the Tarantino, like, double feature um, with Rodriguez. And uh, right I watched Death Proof. And then a few minutes into, like, Planet Terror, I'm like, no. I watched the, there was a hand that went into a car door and then, like, split and like the bone comes out and i'm just like i'm done i can't <laughs> oh, see so you get squeamish okay i get squeamish and it sucks because i know uh. i've missed and, and I've, I've watched a lot of like campy horror like jay like a lot of the friday the 13th movies and nightmare on elm street which is more just awesome but um totally i've seen a lot of old gory stuff but when it's like hyper realistic super detailed i'm like oh fuck right i can't i can't i can do it sometimes sometimes i can't How's the uh, how's the winter over there right now? It's just rainy. It's just rainy and uh, just kind of lame. <laughs> like, Buffalo. sorry, sorry. What are you saying? You're uh, you said Buffalo's getting dumped on. Yeah, Buffalo got shit on real hard a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you heard about that blizzard. Yeah, it's like thirty five yeah. people died. That's insane. Yeah. Holy fuck. Um. Our last bad winter that I can remember of Massachusetts was like 2015. We had to like the the city had to get like um they had to get okayed to like dump snow into the ocean because you can't just dump 
you know, giant amounts of snow into the ocean, but they were, they were pushing it up against parking garages and trying to like handle it the best they could. And it just kept dumping down, uh, before 2015, I think one of the worst ones was like 78, (laughs) like, yeah, yeah, Buffalo. It's like every few years though. Yeah. Our last bad one was like 79, I think, or at least that's what they said. This is the one that just happened was like the worst ever though. Apparently. Wow. Yeah. Ever like on recorded history or. Yeah, I think bl- the blizzard of 79 was the last like really bad one. And October, there was like an October storm of 2006 that I remember living through. <laughs> and that was crazy. But I think this was the worst. This one took the cake. Yeah, I think when you remember the year and it sticks with you, like, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's fucking bad. Dude, I'll never forget that. Because, you know, it never it never snows in October. That's such Dude, a rare 78. Thing. Oh, I'm looking at this and it's just it's just like an entire floor dumped like where the earth where the <laughs> ground is it's like the earth the earth is just like no next level of crust it's just like it's yeah. so high it's like a story and i'm looking at all these cars stuck on the highway it's just like a story of snow that's horrible whoa can't even imagine being like stranded in your car just freezing to death like what especially do you do? the old cars that are just death traps like right? giant <laughs> boats oh um, man yeah it's like two it's like a story and a half i'm looking at on the side of this road that's this is nuts. insane that's crazy yeah I, I i moved to the south mainly for winter i saw snow up to the top of the stop signs and i'm like i'm done you're like i'm out of here <laughs> yeah that and i wanted to buy a house having college debt being in a band for like 10 years i'm like i don't know how i'm ever gonna afford to buy a house but right uh, i was gonna settle with like a condo and then uh i just like worked my ass off for like five years straight spent like no money my wife did the same thing and then we were able to buy a house in uh, charlotte so yeah that sounds like a really cool area to live honestly yeah um you don't have the characters that you have up north of course yeah people are hilarious and ridiculous i think people here are more either normal mellow or (laughs) the characters here are more like country character characters which is a little different for me because i don't really know it's like just a different vibe. Um, but uh, I don't know. I love everybody. Um, my neighborhood, we have a lady across the street named Betty that has like a bunch of chickens and like gives us like a carton of eggs like every few weeks. Oh, that's amazing. She always asks about the baby. Uh, she's taking our barrels in when we left them out. Like she's amazing. Um, that, so we have man. a few neighbors in our like close area that are really nice and very much from like North Carolina. And then there's just a shitload of people from upstate New York down here. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah. Are, are eggs expensive up there right now? Because they're like $9 a dozen here. Uh, Betty doesn't charge us, so. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So you never buy eggs. You just go to Betty. No, no. Uh, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're expensive here, too. I don't know the price. I don't remember. But uh, but yeah, everything's gone up. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just spending my money on frozen pizzas and and Amazon. Uh, Amazon. I've been just purchasing on Amazon movies now instead of renting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I bought the Good and the Bad and the Ugly like trilogy. Um, the third one's the best one. Really? And so? it's not really a trilogy. It's a uh, it's three movies that Sergio Leone made with with some of the same actors. Yeah. But there's only little bits of tie-in story, but. You'll have someone die in one and then in the next one they're back and you're like, no, no way. It's a different guy. It's the same actor playing a whole different role. Yeah. But Clint Eastwood's the only character that is continuing the story. He's the man with like no name mm-hmm. that's 
goes to each town and this is his story, but it's just kind of weird when the same one actor dies and then he comes back and plays a different role of a different guy with a different name. So yeah. it is a trilogy, but it's a weird one. Would you say you prefer Clint Eastwood to John Wayne? So far, I didn't grow up watching yeah. John Wayne movies. I so. haven't seen a John Wayne movie. And I know that's fucking terrible when I'm going down the rabbit hole of um, Westerns. But um, I have skipped that era I, I, for no reason. Just haven't just haven't. I'm just looking at the best of all time. And he's been yeah. in a few of those ones listed. What's a John Wayne movie that is up there with a Clint Eastwood Western? I like Rio Bravo a lot. And I know I haven't seen it yet, but the the man who shot Liberty Vance is a good one. Apparently. I'm going to watch Rio Bravo because you've seen it and you said it's great. Well, they uh, showed it at the Tarantino theater on film and it was like oh, a packed so crowd. So it just makes it so much more fun when you see it that way. Dude, uh, that's why I've been going down the rabbit hole of these movies because of film. It looks so good. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, the once upon a time in the West, when they zoom in on someone's face, you see every pore. Yeah. It's the most 4K or HD it's ever going to be. I feel Um I know in like Lord of the Rings, you can see like the details on the armor and stuff and like on the shirts and like you can see the little threads right now from how much they've like restored, like just like made it better and clearer and clearer. Mm-hmm. But um, the Once Upon a Time in the West, if you watch that on a on a giant like 60, 70 inch TV um, like I did, it's uh, it's incredible. Yeah, that's the best way to see it. Have you seen yeah. um, Unforgiven? Yeah, but long, long, it was long enough ago. It was probably early two thousands that I could rewatch it, and it would feel like a new story. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I'm trying to think what other ones I've seen. I don't know. There's there's so many good westerns. I'll there's so many, some. and there's a bunch of them on YouTube too. Like I like to buy them and like pay, you know, see if the yeah. whoever it goes to, if they're still alive, it goes to their families. You know what I mean? So yeah, I try yeah. to buy them like uh, at least through Amazon or you know or it's a streaming service. So however that works, but, um, the best no, way, the best thing you can do with letterboxd is become pro. And that only costs like $18, 18 or 19 bucks for the whole year. And yep. I, I literally have had letterboxd for years and I just did this like a week ago. Yep. So basically it takes everything that you have in your watch list. You can set it to show which ones are on streaming and you, you, you can set which streaming services you even have. And then once you go to your watch list, you can like filter it by like ones that are streaming. It'll show everything that's on a streaming service that you have. So you don't have to go through each one looking for the movie each time cycling through with a shitty remote that has an up, down, left, right. Yes. It's so much fucking better. I mean, I I usually have an LG remote that it's got a full keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. And I was really excited. And then I realized it works kind of. It kind of works on Netflix. (laughs) It might work on YouTube. It won't work on Amazon. Um, I was so pissed. I was like, I figured it out. I solved the stupid typing in the movie on the up, down, left, right. Like I've, I've right. solved it now. So janky. They're so bad. Yeah. They got to figure it out. It's a downgrade. It's a definite downgrade. Okay. I actually have a question. How, how recent is your TV? I just got it. Um, black Friday. We've got a 70 inch. So it's 2022 LG. then technically. Yeah. So does that come with Bluetooth capability? Like, could you, yeah. could you just like, plug in like beats or something and just it just connects yeah it's got an app that like connects to your whole house they want you to do like an lg smart house setup 
Um, I got to get that. I had a Samsung. It lasted six years. Uh, it was a Black Friday type Samsung where they pulled out a lot of features like Bluetooth and they made it very like minimal, which you don't realize they do, but that they do stuff like that. They do uh, for Black Friday um, products. And um, that thing lasted forever. Um, mm-hmm. This one, constantly updating apps. I know LG is kind of like, I don't know if it's watching you, but it, 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 it like takes everything that you're doing or clicking on and it sends it somewhere. There's like all these disclaimers when you're going through it. There was none of that with the Samsung um, when we first got that TV. So it's a little weird as a, I, I definitely next TV, I'm going to get a Samsung again or something else, but, um, but it looks great. LG looks great. Mm-hmm. Same with phones. Like I have an iPhone, but um when LG was like more of a top contender, their screens were great. Yeah. I'm definitely, I'm definitely Samsung all the way, but mine are from like 2018 and they're just not, they're not good enough anymore. Like they don't have the Bluetooth have, capability. Do you have a good sound though? I have no um, surround sound. Oh yeah. I got a sound bar for both of them. Oh, you got to have a sound bar. Yeah. I need it. I got um some Sennheiser headphones. Um, Dude, I bought, my dad got those for Christmas for me. Three hundred dollars so and it, they don't connect. They don't connect to this fucking TV. I didn't get Bluetooth. They're wired in, but if I watch, if I watch on any other device, yeah, and I'm the sound quality on those is unbelievable. Is it? I watched um, Dune after I've seen it in theaters and stuff, and I watched it like on my laptop with those headphones, and I'm like, this sounds incredible. And then yeah. I watched um, Blade Runner 2049 and sound was incredible. Sound design, sound design of both those movies were amazing. So good. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. What are your thoughts on the, uh, the nominees this year? I am kind of out of the loop. I know that, um, it was a lot of, uh, was it everywhere all at once? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. I gave it like a four and a half out of five, just because, mm-hmm. just because of the way it was made. It's really yeah. unique. It's not something you've really seen before. Mm-hmm. And for that, it's like a major feat for sure. It's a fucking yeah. crazy movie though. And I don't know how yeah. many times I can sit through it. <laughs> I I watched like the trailer and I just remember like kind of getting anxious and yeah, totally. I'm just like, I, I watched, um, was a lot the I watched parasite. I fucking love that movie. Oh, so good. So good. I love that movie. Uh, I watched it on a plane. I watched it on the way to Massachusetts <laughs> and then I watched it back, um, to Charlotte finished started on a plane and finished it on a plane nice, um, nice. on jet blue and uh, <laughs> love that love that movie um yeah the last one that really hit me was northman uh i'm a sucker for like ancient battles and lore and just bad fucking ass action scenes totally um curveballs in movies when a movie goes a completely separate way than you expect did that even though i still wanted more epic battles of like massive armies like i wanted a lot of that um but that was the last one that really like knocked me on my ass um they snubbed they completely snubbed the whale that movie with brennan frazier that didn't i haven't seen it yet and i need to it's on but incredible it's on uh, apple tv and it's like 20 dollars, right is it really i don't know it was out already um oh or is that uh is it just in theaters there was that i think it was that movie or another one where i like couldn't i have to either see it in theaters or i'm not seeing it all or i'm yeah. paying like 30 20 for it so it hasn't hasn't got to me yet um i don't think that one's out yet okay i know some of them had the rentals like i think you can get fablemans as a rental 
maybe maybe that was one of them yeah yeah it's still in showing still in theaters where can i stream the wheel it says not yet you're right so it wasn't that one um but yeah there's i know there's been a lot of good movies coming out this year i'm just yeah i'm seeing this classic straight film like totally no i have a western uh rabbit hole right now the old ones are the best but yeah, they they yep. snub they snub the whale and they snub Babylon, which is another one I thought was fantastic. I haven't and, seen that, and I love Triangle of Sadness, and I'm really shocked that that even made Best Picture nominees. <laughs> so that one you should check out when you can. Triangle of Sadness. Yeah, Babylon's in theaters still. Yeah, it's hard to go to theaters with a baby. Um, yeah, totally. You're either going alone, and then your wife has to like stay watch the baby, or vice versa, or I stay and she goes. But right, like I've gone to the movie solo like a few times, but I always looked at it like a, a group thing. Like you yeah. leave and you talk about it and you have all these critiques about it. Definitely. And there's just such a magic to that, that I don't really go. I haven't, I've only been, I actually can't even remember the last movie I went solo. I can't even remember. I know I've done it, but I don't yeah. even know. So you, uh, you just got back from a trip to Salem. Did you yep. see any witches cast any spells? <laughs> no, um, we were up there. My, um, my daughter met my dad, which was crazy. Um, nice. What else happened? Um, we, we went to Amanda's grandmother's, uh, house to find like old pictures and like put them all on a table and like take a picture of those pictures. So you have them like digitally, like everything that's in the house, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was really just a trip for Elsie to like see family. Yeah. Um, you know, my brother got to hold her again and uh just eat a bunch of like I had like roast beef super three-way, I had steak tips, oh. I had pizza. It was like ten dollar pizza, but it was still pizza from Massachusetts <laughs> versus pizza from here. Yeah, Massachusetts um, got some good stuff. Yeah, it's got pretty good stuff. Uh, nothing compared to New York or um uh, like Billy. Connecticut. Yeah. Um, but, uh, pretty good. Um, yeah, nothing crazy, man. It was just, uh, just a good time hanging out with friends. Uh, we had a friend that took like forever to like get to the bar we were at. So I had like way more to drink, um, than I normally would. Cause we were just talking and killing time. Um, and then I remember like, I got so drunk. I like brought a beer outside and the people and the other adults that were out there were like, put that away. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, I'm not in the South anymore. Like they don't give a fuck down <laughs> where I am. Like they don't care. Like, like, like you shouldn't be outside with a beer or whatever in the South, but they don't care. No yeah. one's going to say shit. They're going to be like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, but up Massachusetts, up in Massachusetts, you're like, what are you doing? It's the classic. I had a bomb in my hand. I sobered up so fast. I was like, oh shit. The classic Salem snitches, you know? Yeah, I had to throw it immediately. In the, I just threw it immediately in the trash, like magically left my arm and like hand went right in the trash. Speaking of a bomb in your hand, didn't that happen when you worked at T-Mobile? Yeah, I worked at T-Mobile and a guy threatened me with a grenade. What? Um, he looked like Nigel Thornberry. Um, so he had like red, I remember he had red hair. Um, he was very pale. And I think he was, I think he was like a schizophrenic person. Yeah, Something yeah. was wrong, obviously. No one just goes into a phone store. And this is when I first started with transit. So when I started with, when transit started, I was working at T-Mobile, going to school in an insanely difficult uh, college, Wentworth Institute of Technology, getting my ass handed to me in an art major, not knowing what the fuck I was doing. 
Like I, I thought I knew like design and I didn't know design. I went to Wentworth. I was like, fuck, I'm out of my league. Yeah. Um, transit started. We started playing shows. My life was just chaos. Um, <laughs> worked at T-Mobile first week on this floor. Guy comes in. He goes, I want my $500. <laughs> and I'm like, huh? And he goes, you took my $500. He goes, I put a deposit down. And I left for Verizon. You guys kept my $500 deposit. If you don't put that $500 in my bank account by 6 p.m., I'm coming back to this store with a live grenade. (laughs) And then he just stared into my soul. Like, and I'm like, I just grabbed my manager like by the shoulder. Uh, Stephanie DeSword was my manager at the time. I grabbed her by the shoulder. I'm like, help (laughs) yeah yeah. like reached for a phone like 911 we had a police detail outside of the store there was also like a red sox game because i was on um, newberry street so there was also a red sox game um pretty close to the uh, pretty close to that area or whatever so this is after 911 so you can't like make terrorist threats like you can't make bomb threats anywhere not that you should have been able to do that but you can't say (laughs) that shit anywhere totally in a city anywhere in the Northeast and not have police show up. So that was nuts. And it's wild. Yeah. Um, we had a lady saying a phone was biting her leg. So I had to replace her phone and you have to put what the customer says for return. So I put biting her leg and I had to go, I got called in the back office. Cause she's like, what is this shit? And I'm like, what? She goes, the phone doesn't, the phones don't bite people's legs. Like, what are you talking about? Why'd you say that? I go, that's what she said. And yeah. she's, you know, I put what the customer said. That was it. But uh, <laughs> so funny. People are stupid. Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, you, you used to live in an attic in Salem. Is that true? Yeah, it was like a third floor of a house that was like 200 years old. <laughs> um, and I used I could hit my head on the ceiling. So it's basically like living in the very top. Um, was it a gable? Like the room had like a like it was a triangle shape to it almost and that was a room and it was like 200 bucks a month and in salem that's fucking godsend that's a steal incredible um no wi-fi capability (laughs) yeah like i could stay on the road like there was so many moments touring where i'm like i have like 500 i have like a 500 credit score and i'm like defaulting on student loans and (laughs) People think like when a band's like taking off or like playing Warp Tour or this and that, like you make money and you, you don't, you do it. Like we made poppy songs, we made catchy songs. Clearly I'm not, you know, I'm not calling anything. It isn't like we, we wanted to be a bigger band and, 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 and be, you know, successful musically, financially, fan base wise, you know, we're not, we're not calling it anything else. Like, like, we did love doing the music for the music's sake, but there was also a business intent of like getting bigger and doing well and paying off bills eventually sometime. And, uh, it didn't happen with us. And, um, it was just like holding on to it as long as we could, um, as much as possible while always being in debt. Um, we didn't get in too much debt as a band as in total, but me as a person was really like really rough where eventually I had to like not be able not do it anymore. Um, but I was also had really bad PTSD from almost like, like, like van accidents. And we almost went off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was driving and we almost went off a cliff in Wyoming and it was not like a small cliff. We would have absolutely died. No way would anyone would have survived that crash. And I've had so many nightmares from that day that that was, and that was early on in transit, but, um, yeah, that was probably the main reason I didn't want to tour as much anymore was just like, I, I was just waiting. I was like, wait, your number's getting called one day. Like it's, you know what I mean? I was like, it's going to happen. It's not like it, it, in my head, it was like, it's not a matter of if it's definitely a matter of when. And I, I would rather, I would rather just not be touring. Um, did you fall asleep at the wheel or what happened? No, no. Nice one though. Um, no, we hit black ice on a, um, (laughs) That's a song title, obviously. I didn't even um, I didn't even realize that. That's so fucking uh, funny. <laughs> wow. We um we uh no, we hit black ice on a mountain. Um <laughs> and there was a giant truck, like a 18 wheeler or something, uh on our left side, and there was no guardrail, it was just plummet off into infinity on <laughs> wow. the uh on the right side. And then there was a car in front of us, so I pumped the brake. And we slid and then we hit the car in front of us and then we were fine. The driver was fine of the other car. That's good. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Like people were looking at each other, like, well, this is it. This is the end of our lives. Like we were sliding, like, like, yeah, I I don't even want to talk about it. (laughs) Like nauseous. It makes you like, yeah, you can't Um, calm down from it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, Um, but yeah, this when you were staying in the attic in Salem, that was between Young New England and Joyride, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Young New England and Joyride, 100%. Before that, I was living in Saugus, uh, Massachusetts, where I lived for like 25 years. Um, that's like my hometown. The band's from, most of the band is from Stoneham, but I'm from Saugus. Yeah. Uh, Stoneham's a nicer town. Saugus is kind of a mess. Um it's good too. It's got good parts too. Um, it was a rough town to grow up in. It was a lot of just Irish and Italian families. And I got in so many fights growing up. Cause I used to just talk, you know, kids would constantly pick on everyone. Yeah. And I had an older brother who was terrible to me for a long time. It was just like, like, just like, um, nonstop hyper nonstop, like, um, not violent, but violent enough where you're like, I'm just going to avoid you. Yeah. Um, so I like, didn't take any shit. So kids would like make fun of me. Like, Oh, I had a big, like skateboarding, like backpack or whatever. And it's like, Ooh, like, what do you got in there? Blah, blah, blah. Like talking shit. I would like, I would defend myself, but then I'd realize, all right, I am either going to have to run or fight all these kids. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Cause in that town, like no one would fight one-on-one. It would always be you versus a, like a group of friends would mm-hmm. be there. So there was a few instances of that. Um, Went to a vocational school, uh, played a shitload of uh, Quake and uh, Unreal Tournament in the drafting and design uh, <laughs> uh, shop that I was in. Watched a bunch of DVDs. We just fucked around. Like we did work. Yeah. I learned AutoCAD and SolidWorks and all these different like uh, design programs. But we also just fucked off a lot and used to like try to make metal songs in that Tabit. Remember Tabit? tab no what's tab it's like a it's like a guitar tab program where you put in the numbers and you hit play and it like it's like oh, okay. it like yeah. song maker or like just like teaches you how to play guitar yeah so yeah, i used yeah. to do that for hours um play unreal tournament for hours 
Um, one of my friends, one of my friends, uh, this is one of the funniest stories. Um, one of my friends downloaded um, a P2P sharing software on the school computers. So let's say it was Kazaa or like Napster, like one of those. Oh no. And when you, when you install one of those programs, there's a prompt that says share all files. And he hit yes and didn't think about it. So he started sharing the entire school's network and someone was downloading it in the oh, Midwest. No. Like they, they pinged where it was getting downloaded and it was like school records. And they oh, came no. in like the fucking, like a SWAT team, like the, the, the IT department, like multiple people came into the office, came into the, the shop or whatever, wow. right at his desk. Like they got it down to the computer it was coming from almost got expelled from school. I'm just sitting there like eating my cup of noodle with like a noodle hanging out of my mouth. Like, holy <laughs> fuck. Like, cause I, I, I could have been doing that too. It was my friend. Like I, I didn't do it, but I was right there. Yeah. Um, how, how long, how long was he doing that before that happened? Like not long, not long, like a day, two days. Dude, I got a funny story for you. So yep. remember LimeWire? Yeah. So literally the probably name, that program. Yeah. It probably um, was. <laughs> my uh my neighbor across the street one of my friends that i'm still friends with to this day um yep. he he had limewire Lime back when he was like 12 just like we all did and he basically downloaded a bunch of music and it ended up being a lot of child pornography <laughs> <gasps> and he the fbi like raided his house and like oh, seized my. seized their computers like thought that his dad was like a child porn kingpin <laughs> It was just a wild situation. I didn't. I didn't even hear about this until years later. But when he told me, I was dying. I'm like, how? That's crazy. So you know who's the biggest asshole in that situation? Who? The guy who put those files on there, right? That said it was one thing. Yeah. And then it was another. It must have been some like code word type thing. Yeah. That happened in my school in the um, electronics department where someone downloaded. Um, something similar to that and they came in because he's a teacher he's around kids it was like yeah. a teacher of our electronics department uh at the vocation vocational school and um in wakefield where i went um there was a whole thing about they caught this teacher blah 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 and it ended up being something like that it wasn't intentional it was like accidental yeah but because I'm pretty sure he came back, I'm pretty sure he didn't. I don't. I don't remember. It wasn't. It was in my brother's grade. I was still in middle school. I know I was in middle school when it happened, but I don't have enough clarity of the whole story to give you all the information. But so I didn't bring it up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, don't fuck around. Don't, don't fuck, fuck around, around with the internet. <laughs> don't fuck around with the early internet. No, definitely all. not. So many horror stories. Dude, but, you remember uh... what you did when you first went on the internet? Do I remember what? Do you remember like what your routine was when you first went on the internet? Uh, it was probably like the AOL days or Same. whatever you call that. Yeah. Way back when in the old desktop computers. Um, I don't really remember. I was I finding underground bands. So I was downloading them illegally. Yeah. I didn't know what I was fucking doing. Yeah. Um, I found saves the day through Napster. I found movie life h2o um like i would get like a song i wouldn't get like full albums and then uh messed uh sugar cult phoenix tx um i found all those bands like aol days 
Um, I was on the techdeck.com message boards <laughs> and I had a girlfriend, but I never met her or ever like saw what she looked like, but it was like my internet girlfriend. No and then my friend, Richie Johansson started talking to her. Cause this was like from the, from the, from the message boards to aim AIM or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then he started talking to her and we had a big fight, like a big fallout, like, yo man, you took <laughs> my girlfriend. So depressing. Um, man, aim. I'll never forget that. Yep. And wow. then, uh, what else? Oh, I was playing a lot of, um, um, a lot of, uh, ROMs like NES ROMs and mostly Game Boy. I was playing like Pokemon red and green and I had it on Game Boy, but I just wanted it on a computer screen for some reason. Yeah. Just to have it on a bigger screen was cool. <laughs> do you remember um, do you remember the computer game for Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone? No. <laughs> but I know there's one that's really did not age well at all. Is that the one that's like really poorly aged? I don't remember. I just been thinking about that a lot lately. I just played it on my dad's desktop back in like 2002 or 3 or something. I just remember that being kind of fun. And you're like climbing. You go back and plays random games. It opens up so many memories. It does. Just like songs do, but like games do that for me so much. I'm like, oh. Like I remember this fighting game, One Must Fall, and it was so bad. And then I remember Chip's Challenge, um, Jez Ball, uh, Ski Free, all those like windows free games that everyone played yeah um command and conquer dude i the same kid that got in trouble sean Sanaswaso, uh the same kid that got in trouble at um for sharing all those computer files we ended up both getting like a co-op while in high school we didn't have to go to class we went to work and we got paid like 20 bucks an hour yeah to do printed um printed circuit board design Mm -hmm. and there were uh contracts like military contracts you have to sign something and you'd be working on like a microwave. It wasn't like weapon, it wasn't weapons. It was just like you're working on circuit boards and they would basically draw it. They would draw it out. It'd all be like in one program. You have to translate it to another program. Mm-hmm. And it was really, 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 really fucking boring. It was like a boring puzzle that was like hours and hours. Yeah. Like we used to hide the clock on the computer. Anyway, the boss would leave and he would just turn on. He would just, he installed and was just playing Age of Empires 2. <laughs> I'm like, you're playing Age of Empires 2, getting paid $20 a fucking hour. And I'm doing all of the project we're both supposed that to be working sucks. on. Um, We've all but, been in that situation know, though. There's always people that never want to help out. <laughs> so funny. And then just the lighting from the, uh, from the office, it was straight up like, um, it was just it was just three of us in this one office, but it gave you that feeling like the beginning of the Matrix, where it's just this shitty light, right. old building, um, just like I need the sunlight, I need to be outside. This sucks. Yeah. So you would hide the clock on the windows bar so you wouldn't <laughs> see it. So the day would go by faster. I'd listen to music with Winamp on or whatever was the thing at the time, and uh, just go down the rabbit hole of bands. And this was all before transit. Yeah, no, of course. I remember one of my other favorite uh, computer games was Backyard Baseball. You remember that? Dude, I love that one. I, I forgot uh, about that. Dude, who, I love that the, fucking um, game. The, the best one? Who was the kid that crushed it? Pablo Sanchez. Pablo Sanchez. Absolutely. And there was there was Pete Wheeler. The Pete Wheeler was the kid in the wheelchair with the was he the best pitcher? I think it was no. The I, best I thought pitcher. he was the ginger guy. Pete Wheeler was the skinny, tall. I think I'm having so. a Berenstein's bear moment now. I'm like thinking of completely different. Isn't that crazy? Dude, I want to play that now. So bad. 
It's always that, on that. I would never play that until you said that. I would have never come back. Right? Oh, thank you. <laughs> what about Carmen San Diego? You remember that? I remember the show. I watched that. Oh, okay. So I remember that from daycare saying that like my memory started when I was like five, four or five. Yeah. I remember being at, um, what was her last name? I know my daycare ladies, the the main person running it was named Marie. Uh, anyway, I remember watching a shitload of reading rainbow, um, <laughs> reading really rainbow. Sesame street, but it was really stony feeling. It was very <laughs> like, wow, it was very like eighties, nineties Sesame street was just had a, I think some of those, the people like the puppeteers or whatever, the, the people behind that, they either smoked or it was something about the way it was recorded, but there's something off about Dude. old Sesame Street. If you go back, it's just really hazy vibe in there. And that, uh, that remember, theme song, that theme song, reading rainbow, a reading rainbow <laughs> um, and uh, lamp chops, annoying the shit out of people with that song that never ends. And then um, Rika, uh, Eureka's Castle. Okay. So here's a fun fact about me. I remember like every fucking show. Yeah, from Nickelodeon. I watched The Cable Guy with Jim Carrey and it made me depressed because I knew too much about television <laughs> from my childhood because I was always in front of a TV. My mom worked three jobs, yeah, parents course. divorced. Like I was in front of that fucking TV. Same. I was glued to it. Same. Um, hey Dude, oldest Nickelodeon show I've watched was Hey Dude, Roundhouse, uh, Nick News. Um, I missed remote control. That was even probably before my brother's age. You know, it's like the first Nickelodeon show. What about uh, the secret life of Alex Mack? Yep. Secret life, Alex Mack. Um, the, she turned into a puddle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Turn, uh, I think it was Disney, but a hundred deeds for Eddie McDowd. You know, it was the best one, Pete and Pete, but it was, I can't yeah. go back and watch it now. It's too nostalgic. It's like, I can't yeah. watch the breakfast club. It makes me sad for some reason. Really? That level of nostalgia it's like a high school level of nostalgia movies for some reason, make me depressed. Dude, I don't know why I can't watch it. I go, I actually gravitate towards depressing shit when I'm sad. I swear to God, last week I was having like an awful day and I went and watched, yeah. uh, re rewatched fried green tomatoes. You ever see that movie? I did like once. And I can't even tell you what it's about. I just remember there's a porch just I just remember. A, I remember what the porch looks like, and like I remember a house from yeah. that movie, but I don't remember. It was when I watched a shitload of Biodome and Half Baked and Happy Gilmore. Oh yeah, um, all classic. It was all these VHSs that came with. My friend got a house, and a bunch of shit just came with the house. <laughs> shit they left there, yeah. and that was one of the VHSs that was there. Yeah, Bi and Biodome is like a really dumb stoner comedy, right? I, I kind of remember that one. Uh, fried green tomatoes. Do you remember um, uh, batteries not included? Yes, yeah. That's a fucking old one. You With know the first the first bootleg movie I watched was um, Waterworld with Kevin Costner. <laughs> it was bootlegged on VHS, and then it was Jurassic Park, which is a sin. Yeah. Um, to not watch that in theaters, but I was also like six or seven. I don't know. I was really young. Um, yeah. Um, I actually, I just, I just framed my Jurassic Park poster. If you see it in the back, fuck yeah, like a another perfect film, perfect, perfect movie, perfect. I didn't watch the new one. It got such, they got the new ones got such, a, the new one got such a bad review. I, I, I didn't even turn it on. It made me angry. Actually, fuck. it was that bad. Just go back to all puppets, right? 
If so, go bad. back to as well as many because there was there was CGI in the first one. It's just done but it's so like minimally, yeah, yeah. Like go back to minimal CGI. Go back to puppets and make a shitload. Exactly. Put a bunch of money into the production because I know you don't want to do that, but but do it. You have to, and then watch how many people show up. It was more I, the writing, though. I think the writing was so bad, too, though. It was just awful all around. All around. And, I didn't even like the second Jurassic um, Park. I like oh, the I first don't like one it. only. I, I only like the first one and the third one, actually. I'm a fan of the third one. I don't hate the third one. The third one has a bunch of scenes from the books that weren't used in the first one. Okay. So there's the book, then the, the movie, and then all this extra shit, and they put it into the third movie. But when he kicks... The fucking pterodactyl in the face. Yeah. It, I, it lost me. When he kicks yeah. pterodactyl in the face, I'm like, I can't take this movie seriously. Um, or what about like, what about when he's like sleeping in the plane and like you look over and it's like a, it's a velociraptor and he's like, Alan. <laughs> I don't remember. Did, the, did, the, did it talk? It talks. <laughs> yeah, because he's like dreaming. Oh, that yeah, that's terrible. Shit's there's hilarious. Some bad B movie stuff in the third one, but it's way better than the second one. But that whole plane crash is awesome. There's some great stuff, and there's some great fights. Even in the second one, with the with a with a whole like bus thing or whatever it is, like those special vehicles they made, and it's falling. Yeah. that seems incredible. Yeah, like, there's some incredible scenes in the second one, but it's not as good as the third or the first. You know what I found out weird about the second one is I live right up the street from like the big like finale where it's like where where all like the T Rexes were like in in between all those restaurants and like shops and Sick. stuff. That's like right up the street. It's so crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't that's gonna be that. so weird, right? Like this this happened here. This is like you know I watched this from this angle. Yeah, like, I know this place. All right, like this is from. That's gonna be so weird. I love revisiting filming locations. It's honestly fun because you can just see yeah. like how time has passed and just like if anything's the same. It's kind of cool. Just line it up. I did see the full house house. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I know that. And I've been to the Amityville Horror House three times, <laughs> not inside it, but outside of it. I went to that. I went to the Amityville House back in June on that road trip that I did right after the Massachusetts yep. thing or before that. And I, I had no hotel that night because I saw I, I saw a show at the the church in Philly, and yep. I had to get to New York. And I was like, I have nowhere to stay. It's a Friday night. This is horrible. So I I went to go see the Amityville Horror House and then slept at a Walmart parking lot. Fuck yeah! And <laughs> Amityville That's doing it. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was slept scary. In a, quite a few Walmart parking lots. Um, right in the van or in a in a bus and uh. Yeah, man. Wally World. Some strange, um, some strange, uh, there's some strange Walmarts in the country that we've been in. We've been in some places like some um, Walmarts or like grocery stores. I remember we were in the Dakotas, we went into a grocery store and everyone in there was just looking at us like, yeah, like y'all aren't from around here, huh? <laughs> what's, like, what's a transit? <laughs> yeah, like, no, the, the people used to say, oh, you guys are on a, um, <laughs> motocross team we're like yeah don't murder us don't rob us motocross yeah like we just be like we whatever people would be like like i'm trying to think yeah yeah the last the last like random thing someone asked us what we were was motocross and we were like yep <laughs> buy my muffin and get out <laughs> that's perfect they were like please head north 
Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's uh, a joke yeah. that I was conscious about. No, the um <laughs> when I first went to Pennsylvania, we were near um we were outside of Pittsburgh and we we're at a gas station. This is like first tour of transit. Yeah. And uh people in the gas station were like really nice. And I said to PJ, the bassist, I said, uh, what's up with people here? He's like, huh? I go, they were all like nice to us. Like they weren't assholes. Like, what yeah. was that? And he goes, Oh, you're not in Massachusetts anymore. <laughs> not everywhere, not everyone, like we weren't in the northeast, like where we are, but like we weren't up in it. We weren't right. near the cities. We weren't near this, like, what do you want from me? thing that you get in the cities or you get in like Boston or New York. Like, right. And that was like one of my first times experiencing that. And that was like the first tour of transit. I was like, I'm probably going to eventually move one day. I want to go to somewhere where like people just like start talking to you and, um, randomly. Yeah. Um, where it's not as closed off. Uh, I feel like Massachusetts is getting better though. Um, people are definitely nicer up there than I remember, but, uh, but yeah, man, so, uh, Narrowcast is pretty fucking awesome. Thank you. Do you have any plans for any shows soon? Nope. Uh, we we will never play. Have, we've. <laughs> I need to practice with Gage. So Gage is down here. He's like he he does a lot of the production and a lot of extra instruments on the recordings. He's in North Carolina. He's right outside of Charlotte. Mm-hmm. We need to start practicing. We we tried to book a practice Sunday. It didn't happen. We are going to. Yeah. Um, I once the, once the baby came, I was like, I don't know. I'm just like, just going to be a hundred percent dad. I just want to be here the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, every minute, like I want to be here for her. Um, so that's been my main, main focus is making money to support the family and then be here for her, like emotionally, physically, like just be here. Um, and, uh, cause it's so incredible. It's the greatest thing. Transit is incre- was an incredible experience. This is the most incredible experience ever compared to everything I've done um, in my life. Lo- I love what you guys are doing. Honestly, it's so good. Yeah. So thank you. Um, but um, yeah, we will some we will figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a studio project. It's 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 meant for me to and Matt engage to go into a studio and and make the damn thing and get lost in the soundscapes and the layers and make something we didn't think we could make is about that. And it's what I love the most about being in transit was recording. Um, I love playing the shows too, but I really love creating. That's why I went to school, uh, went to art school. Like I went to industrial, I was an industrial design major at Wentworth. Like yeah. I was obsessed with Legos. I used to play with Legos until my back hurt. I used to like, <laughs> I have like bad posture probably from playing Lego so much as a kid, or I'd play Tony Hawk and I would just do the design your own skate park constantly. Um, <laughs> totally. I just love making, uh, making stuff. And, uh, and that's why I love to write and love to record. So that's why like my main thing, uh, right now is, is recording and putting stuff out. And then, uh, we have a cover that's coming out pretty soon. Um, we did the pig destroyer cover. Um, which I got to write. That was the first song I've written like a lot of the music for Matt recorded it, but I, I wrote a lot of like the musical arrangements in the, and like the guitar that he would translate and make it sound good. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I love pig destroyer. I love taking like a different genre and trying to make it into more of like an indie, like shoegaze sound. Yeah. No, totally. Uh, 
the new record is going to have a very different vibe um, from the others. Um, is it a full length or is it an EP? It's like, it's a long EP. Um, yeah. It's going to be like eight tracks. There's going to be some instrumental tracks. Nice. Um, it's long. It's long enough to feel like a full length. Like it's, it's longer than stay home. Um, stay home is more like a middle sized EP. Um, like, was that like five? That was like what? Five songs. Six, I think. Six songs. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is going to be eight. So I think it's going to be enough. Um, I just don't want any duds. I don't want any sleepers. Dude. Even if I think I love a song, they don't all be, they, I'm not always happy with them years later. So I'm trying to avoid that and just put out like concentrated um, songs. So I, I really love your suicide file song. Your cover. Yeah, it's definitely the saddest one. I think we have is the, is the cover. Um, have they re- reached one out of, yet? To like What's compliment, that? have they reached out yet to compliment you guys on that? I I I got them um I reached out to them through Bandcamp and got the okay. okay. Um but I haven't I haven't talked to them since then. But uh but uh yeah if they like it great. Um we've covered some bands where it eventually got back to us that they didn't like it when we did Transit Thursday. When we did Transit Thursday, we were in Europe and someone came up to me a title we were on tour title fight. Um, and I think balance and, um, yeah, title fight and balance. And, uh, some kid came up to me as we were like, the show is getting out and he was like, so-and-so heard your cover and they think it sucks. And I'm like, I was just like, good. I was like, I said, uh, that was my goal. I was like, tell him, I said something like, tell him, um, like unfazed or I was just like, I don't care. <laughs> One uh, word answer. Yeah. It ended up being a song that I didn't even like, like I didn't pick. It wasn't like a band I loved. It was a band I like liked, Yeah. but yeah. I was like, tell them I don't care. Cool, man. <laughs> like I was like, I kind of said something like, you know, you could spread negativity, positivity. Like it's just a song. It's just noise. Like, right. Who cares? You should just um, be great. Grateful that people care about your music. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, sometimes like I'll, it's not verbally like this, but like, there's a lot of people that didn't like, you know, like young new England very much or whatever. And sometimes in interviews, it will feel like this to me. This is not how it's said, but this is how it feels. It's like young new England. What happened? (laughs) And I just laugh. I'm just like, dude, I love that album happened. Um, It's not our best album. It's definitely not. It's definitely one of the weaker ones, but it's just it's just sound like people are getting really mad at that Velma show on HBO. And I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's just a show. If it's yeah. not good. Don't watch it. Exactly. If it's great. Watch it. It's just there's an ever and ever ending, never ending flow of content. Yeah. Um, if it's not good and it sucks and it sucks, whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't think that one did well, but I, I'm not really sure. I haven't seen it. But I love yeah. I love Young New England. I think that was a great record. I just think that every every release you guys put out was different, and that's what's so important. It's kind of like yeah. every every time I die, like fucking love that band, but every every album was different, but it still was that great sound, you know. I love that from Saves the Day and Piebald. Um, yeah, if if we didn't hear Saves the Day and Piebald, we would have probably had a similar sound every record because of those right. two bands uh, switching it up every like record. Mm-hmm. We did that. That like, was they were a big influence on us doing that. And Reverie um, was, was a great example. That was a great one. Yeah. Um, a lot of people hated that. Yeah. He's got songs on that record that are almost like, sound like Beatles songs in a good way. And you're like, <laughs> I love the Beatles, but I didn't like, I didn't hate in Reverie. 
yeah. I just didn't like the voice. I didn't like his change yeah, in vocals. Yeah. And different. I missed the er, the angst or like the that 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 there was a sense of like Spunk. urgency yeah. in his vocal from Stay What You Are and through being cool yeah. that I think changed and became more smooth sounding totally. in in Reverie. But I think guitar wise, that's the best record they've ever done. Guitar yeah. wise, that's insane. Yeah. Like what he's playing. If you look up the look up saves the day tabs, even if you don't play guitar, you do look up tabs and look at saves the day tabs from any of their records and then look at it on in reverie he, top of his game Just that record guitar wise is incredible yeah for sure um, um what are what are the coordinates pinpointing on the opener of the phenomena ep it's oh i wasn't going to tell anyone and that was going to be like the big thing um <laughs> so it's let me pull it up I, I i know what it is uh i can just tell you what it is instead of just looking it up um so <laughs> i thought it would be funny to go on google maps and zoom out and look for something right like you look at clouds and they become shapes i was like who cares about song titles like i don't always care i some of my favorite songs i don't even know like the actual title is i just know it's that one yeah um so if you go on google maps and you type it in you can see what looks like a alien holding an orb in his hand no <laughs> but it's a golf course so someone was like this is stupid why did you make coordinates to a golf course i'm like dude you don't smoke enough weed clearly it's an alien holding an orb that's floating in his hand and it's sick <laughs> that's fucking so, awesome dude so that's what it is that kind of fits the whole cover of it too the album cover is kind of looking like that with like an yeah. orb type of deal yeah, the, the 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 point of the album is just like it, it's influenced by landscapes and like David Lynch movies and like yeah. uh, Secret Window. It's it's not as good as any of that stuff. It's not. It's I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's me liking a lot of that stuff and just making this weird. It's a weird mix of like when I think of phenomena, that EP to me feels like. Um, Blue Velvet, opening scene of that, like fake. With the ear. <laughs> yeah, like like fake plastic picket fence America mixed with like the gross graphics of Zelda 2 on NES mixed with like, um, like old sci-fi um, pulp fiction novels it's just this weird mix of feelings and content that i've taken in that i've put into um into a song and basically each song like um the flower song the one with the coordinates is yeah. very much like melted plastic end of the world scenario thing mixed with like secret window there's a body under a garden like that's like the whole feeling of that song and then phenomena the song itself was inspired by squirrels that lived in my wall in salem we lived in this attic and there's all these giant fucking squirrels in the walls so oh. the you know deep in the walls gnawing away um waking up to that shit like that was just the seed that planted that became the song the song's about more than that but that was like the seed that became the idea yeah. Um, and then the last song is just about my dread and just like my worst thoughts. And it's just this, the visual is just like, 
almost like a dark tower when they get to the way station it's just dark dusty almost like modern life is war lyrics like it's like dark dusty desert factory mixed with a train yard feeling of dread mixed with like growing up in a really religious home but being anti-theist and not believing in anything um guilt it's like that mixed together so so even though it's only three songs it's a lot of shit going on at once it's a big like mix of everything yeah actually i remember i was in new york with my dad when that came out and we listened to it when we were driving and he he actually really liked it we were we were that's sick but i saw that um I saw that the seven inch is finally getting the pressing treatment after that long delay. So what, what was that? Was that just from the plant being backed up or like what, what happened with that? Yeah. I uh, had to wall. Uh, I actually have a funny story about this. Um, Can't wait. So head to wall um, goes through a certain like manufacturer and everything. And then with, I think he said it was with COVID and with like um, a bunch of bigger artists, basically taking all of their work and a bunch of smaller artists like not being able to print um, held us back. Um, it, we, we messaged him a bunch. It is event. It is coming out. Uh, it was very painful. Um, I, I was talking to Adam, Adam from, you know, Adam Lazar or whatever about, uh, yeah. about this. And he thought I was saying, I wanted to put my head through a wall and I was saying no head to wall, like the label, like it's a label head to wall. And he goes, Oh, I thought you were so angry. Cause he, he found us, um, the artist that did the artwork, uh, Brad, uh, Brad Philippe. And, uh, he took what I said, cause I talk kind of fast. And I mumble sometimes he took what I was saying about the artwork being delayed and like going through head to wall that he thought he, I was saying the artwork was such a pain in the ass that I wanted to put my head through a wall. And I was like, no, no, I'm going <laughs> to translate this. That's a either I'm talking too fast or you're thinking too fast or whatever's happening. There's a disconnect, <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, head to wall is making it happen. We're very happy that it is coming out. Um, we want to put all the songs out on vinyl. Um, we just want to pretty much cover like cost of being in the studio. Like we put all our own money into it, but right. if we're going to pay for it regardless, but if we can break even great, um, so if not, whatever, if we, I, it's my hobby that I fund, like anyone yeah. funds any hobby, like right. super expensive hobby, snowboarding, very expensive, totally. um, hockey, hockey equipment, very expensive. <laughs> so that's how I look at this. Like, this is my hobby. It's kind of, it can be expensive. Um, gauge helps us out. So it's not very expensive, but, uh, you know, mastering songs is ex- pretty expensive. So artwork's expensive. So, you know, um, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. That most recent EP you guys put out, Death in the Woods, is amazing. I think that one's incredible. Thank you. Um, and has a lot of emotion and sentiment to your brother who passed away. Do you, do you find writing extremely personal lyrics easier or harder to convey in a song? Um, it's really hard. It puts me in a weird headspace. It's hard mm-hmm. to be in a good mood after singing one of those songs or working on it, writing yeah. it wise. Yeah. But it connects you to reality mm-hmm. so much. Um, mm-hmm. But the next record is going to have a lot of those themes. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably the saddest song, um, similar to the last song on Death in the Woods. There's going to be a few of those. Um, there's going to be one on this, definitely one on this next uh, release. Um, 
it's pretty pretty brutal it's probably going to be up it's going to it's going to be the saddest song i put out in a long time um but no i find songs really hard to write um it's not easy um you constantly doubt yourself you're constantly in the middle of it like should i even do this like what am i good enough like you're always doubting yourself and uh you just gotta like break through that wall and just push and create you're an expert at writing sad songs so that's like the majority of what you put out over the years you know yeah i well i appreciate that thank you um i don't i don't consider myself like this amazing songwriter i just think of someone who's very stubborn that (laughs) i start the song and i'm gonna fucking finish it like i'm going to push through the wall and finish this fucking song um yeah i'm a crazy person this is how i become a little more sane um but what artist uh, isn't you know what artist isn't crazy yeah exactly yeah i'm definitely i'm definitely a little out there um uh definitely more reclusive than i've ever been um i gotta like figure that out um get out of the house some more but um but yeah i mean they're both hard i i think the hardest thing is hooks like i don't write a lot of hooks anymore i'm not trying to like they might like the songs are pretty catchy but i'm not trying to make them catchy some transit songs we were really trying to make them catchy and stick in um i'm really glad that i'm i'm not writing like trying to write hooks like that because that's probably one of the hardest things to write and it kind of makes it less fun and now i can just kind of just this is how i'm feeling right you know i I, song was influenced by a squirrel a song was influenced by zelda 2 song was influenced by pig destroyer i'm just like i'm just putting out this like simpler mess um and it is yeah there's no pressure with transit especially on like listen and forgive like a lot of those songs were like really sad but like the way you guys reworked the melody made it made them kind of like hopeful and like a little joyful um yeah but i I know most of the time you you gravitate towards gravitate towards the more like sad stuff for sure and powerful yeah i almost quit transit before listen and forgive because i wanted keep this yourself too yeah um totally i wanted I didn't want to leave like punk influence songs. Um, I wanted fast songs and heavy songs. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that. There's a few fast songs on Listen and Forgive. The song that almost broke me was um, um, Little, we, we titled it Little Lies on the demo, but the, uh, whatever happened to all those little lies don't make a sound um that song that song had a um lot more lyrics in it that that got cut out uh and the band wanted to be more um like poppy and i was just like i'm out i'm out yeah and uh tim called me i was getting a grilled cheese sandwich um (laughs) roxy's grilled cheese roxy's grilled cheese truck it was in cleveland cleveland circle oh yeah that sounds good and um tim called me and he goes i want you to stay he's like it'll be worth it yeah and he like really he really like sold me on just just do one more and i was like all right and i sucked it up we put out some songs on that record that i really love yeah um 
1978. Uh, um, the record before, like the EP before Listen and Forgive was called Promise Nothing. And that's pretty much what I wanted Listen and Forgive to be. I wanted it to be like a more produced, more polished version of Keep Us to Yourself. I did want a lot of the American football influence. I did want it to be very dark. Um, and uh, I was it was, and it was more hopeful and more, and more catchy. And I think a lot of that had to do with um, Tori joining the band. Um, and he has different musical influences and he's writing with us and he is in the band. Um, Lacey left the band. Tori is in the band. There's a big shift in that one member does change things. And uh, you know, I, and I, I'm really, gl- I'm really happy with that record. Um, it's, it's definitely my favorite record. One of my favorite records we've put out. Um, but at the time I couldn't really see that and I wasn't ready for that change, but I, but I stuck it out and I'm glad I did. Um, but yeah, I wanted a fast, angry, like stay home, um, keep us to yourself too. And, mm-hmm. uh, that's not what listen and forgive is, but, um, it's definitely our, our most impactful record on mm-hmm. like an audience. So I'm really glad, um, really happy with how it came out. And I love the layers and the guitars so yes. much. Um, so good. Yeah. I was actually, I was listening to Promise Nothing today. Um, the one song I've never told that to anyone. That's a great song. Mm-hmm. But thank yeah, you. I was going back and listening to that one today. Um, what's the what's the collaboration like with a narrowcast? Matt writes a bunch of like he'll he'll write like a couple parts of a song and he'll send it to me. Um, and then I'll just listen to it like a shitload of times with yeah. headphones on, and then uh. I'll just make up melodies. Sometimes I'll do it out loud. Like I'll close the door or Amanda won't be home and I'll be alone. And I'll just like freestyle la la la's and da da da's, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. And then I'll make these melodies that I really like that elevate the song and feel natural with the song. Mm-hmm. And then I will write a shitload of lyrics. So I'll try to translate what those melodies are into lyrics. And then I'll try to find a theme or I'll try to, I'll, I'll hone in on a word. Every song's made different. Some songs are lyric first, mm-hmm. like the really, really fucking sad one that I'm putting out on that. Um, I don't know. Let me see what we're going to call it. Um, I think it's called B and E um, for breaking and entering. Um, that song was written lyric first. And then, uh, so it's got a different type of melody to it. It's more words in there. Um, and then some songs were written like all melody. There's some dark songs on this. Oh, I'm so excited. It's just like some are written melody first. Um, there's a general theme that's going to go through this, like a line that keeps coming up that yeah. I wanted to do. I, we didn't do it on Listen and Forgive, but we should have because we have the line. The only difference is you listen and forgive. We should have yeah. taken that line and brought it back on another song later on the album and like encapsulated it and owned the title. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we're doing that on this Narrowcast record. Um, and uh, so it's like a I love the name of the it. I love the name of the record. Uh, I hope I don't use the line too many times. I think I use it just enough. I think it's like three times, <laughs> but like, yeah, I'm so excited about this one. I just need to like start singing them and break it in before we go into the studio so I can yeah. do it well, like vocally, but 
like instrumentational wise, I really haven't practiced this stuff. I've kind of just put it down for a little while, but yeah, yeah, man, I'm really excited. Um, I do, I do love those, 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 those full circle moments. Like, like the wonder years did that with, uh, the greatest generation where they used multiple lyrics, like multiple times towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. It's a, it's a fun thing to do this. So this record, just to give you an idea, because like obviously I'm not going to sing the songs or like play any of them, but like yeah. this one kind of going into influences is like, like dark city at night, sh- bad shits going down. Then there's some like, like animals in the woods, like picking apart things like, 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 um, just like, a lot of dark death stuff but like kind of oh there's like <laughs> um space facts and this is a there's a space fact that's in here that's really <laughs> cool um there's some angry lyrics for sure there's some me being angry at just like political little bit of political stuff but not much try to avoid that yeah <laughs> um Definitely, um, definitely some science fiction, science, no science fact in here. <laughs> then there's a, that's then awesome. there's a real, like, um, like a song about my brother. That's like really one of the most honest songs I've written in, in a long time that I'm really uh, happy about. That's great. And then, um, one song that's influenced by, uh, silence of the lambs, the book, um, that I'm really happy about. Um, cause that book is written incredibly. One of the best books I've ever written. One of the, not one of the, sorry, one of the best books I've ever read or listened yeah. to on audiobook yeah. is, uh, Silence yeah. of the Lambs. It's written so well that you can't believe the author wasn't working for the FBI. Like it's right. so on point. Um, I, I actually like the book more than the movie and the movie's the movie's great. The movie's perfect. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, some weird influences from, um, early narrow cast from phenomena, some lyrics that didn't make phenomena mm-hmm. in here. Um, definitely influenced by a little bit of old Thursday. Um, but yeah, so we haven't really deviated too much from, Oh, um, influences from Halloween. Um, the like movie Mike or Myers, the holiday. Oh, okay. like movie. Yeah, horror movie influences. Not so many video game influence. Not 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 really any video game influences in this one, but uh, yeah. horror movie, science facts, and just one, um, and just weird, creepy shit mixed with like just dread. I like that. So instead of doing like sad personal songs that sound like um, a diary entry, like Transit felt like to me, yeah. this is more just like visual, visual, creepy weird random shit that comes through the stuff that I watch like old X files or like stuff like that, or like um, mixed with like horror influences and just like dark thoughts, but I'm, I'm fine. Like I'm good, but like, (laughs) I like, like I, I was telling you earlier, I don't like creepy gore. I like creepy. Like I like scary thriller. I like the idea of, I don't know what's over there or what it looks like it's scary to me than seeing the monster is wondering what the monster looks like to me in a film 
It's why Jaws was like so effective or like signs before you see the alien. Yeah. So like I try to pull that. I try to like, I reach for that. I don't get it, but like I'm, I'm reaching for that. Yeah. Um, like Hitchcock stuff. So I'm reaching for that. I'm not on those levels, but at all yeah. as like an artist, but I'm, 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 my aim is high. So I aim high and then you get what you get. <laughs> so, so it's kind of like an assault on your senses in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like a visuals. I like Stephen King writes his books. Uh, he wrote uh, Joyland from an image he had in his head of a, a kid in a wheelchair on a beach flying a kite. And that image became the book eventually. He needed that image to write the book. So I try to, th- I, 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 I read uh, something or listened to an interview of him saying that it, it, it definitely became this. I like, I look for an image, like one song, the image is a farmhouse at night, old, like seventies, sixties. No, probably fifties, like an old farmhouse hallway. Yeah. And everything's creaky in the house and that's it. Like doesn't need any more of a story, but that's, the vibe of the song like that's the visual um or like an old like silo in the middle of nowhere like i need that that sentence or those few words to like when i listen to one of matt's songs a sentence or a visual or a couple words will become like the essence of that song and i know to write within that playground or within that feeling Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. Are you are you planning on making any music videos to complement the music? Like, I feel like you could do some wildly creative visuals to support, you know, these messages you're trying to get across. If you know anyone that will do it for free, <laughs> like, Shit, it's so I will. expensive. I will. Uh, yeah, if you want to do it, if you want to work on his stuff, absolutely. Um, fucking, yeah, if you want to help out any way you can, like, there's so much of it. Yeah, just let me know whatever you want to do, man. You can, you can help out. Um, it's, have, just, it's just me, Matt, Gage right now. And uh, my friend, Matt Barletta, was helping us a lot with trying to like, like uh, get stuff together and organize everything. Um, yeah. And now he's doing a, a separate thing. So he's no longer, he's going to help us out on the side, like if we need yeah. advice and stuff, but he's not really um, uh, helping out like every week, like he was before. Right. But, um, but uh, yeah, it's just us and we're just making music and we need help in every other <laughs> Yeah, no, that's everything sick. else. Not like transit. Transit was like a whole center. We had like right. all yeah. of us. We had the studio helping us. We had our own merch store in the studio. We had Rise. We had a right. manager. Um, we had like a whole thing. This yeah. is just me, Matt, Gage, and not knowing what the fuck we're doing outside of arguing over what the artwork's going to be. And really, we know how to write the songs and put everything together, but everything else is a mess kind of so. Yeah, I have I have these two friends, Mike and Sophia. They're really good behind the camera. They actually they were like on the team and shot that Jimmy World video, the five 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 one. I don't know if you saw that one. Awesome. It's pretty trippy, but it's it's kind of a weirdo kind of video, but it's cool. I've uh I've watched a ton of Jimmy World's videos, so Oh yeah. yeah this one's nuts. That one's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, can't remember be, if she shot totally it down. or what. Yeah. It would be totally down to work with anyone that's willing to help um yeah um with all the other stuff because it's just fun it just it just adds more to it um Mm -hmm. you know we're not trying to make um we're not trying to make this into like a business or like right 
it's as successful as I say it is to myself. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. me making my art and, and sharing it. I was never nervous about sharing songs unless the song was really bad. I'd probably be nervous about sharing it, but right. uh, I'm not nervous about sharing it. Um, and I'm not nervous about collaborating. Um, I just, I just don't want to, uh, I don't want it to be like, I didn't go to school for music because I was afraid that if I went to school for music, I wouldn't like music anymore and I'd be burnt out. That's what happened with me with design. Like I went to school for design and I don't want to design anything. Exactly. Uh, so uh, I just never want music to become that for me. So I think not doing it full time or doing it for a living is great. <laughs> it's great for me. Right. Because um, yeah, I love it more. Yeah, but I, I definitely think you could do some cool like cinematic stuff with that. That'd be awesome. But, yeah, uh, let them know. I mean, I'm, I mean, we'd be totally down. Where did the name Na Narrowcast come from? It was originally going to be called Closed Circuit Television. Um, Narrowcast came from me looking through um, a bunch, like a ton of titles of old radio shows. Like people would watch, and before TV, people were listening to the radio, like narratives, you know, you know, like sitting oh, yeah. around the radio. Yeah. So I went on this radio archive website and I just went through like every title and I took, I looked through all the words that were on there and I just dumped them into my Google drive of like, you know, words exist, find words, see what you like, play around. Um, and uh, that one just kept popping up. Like I have a folder of lines that I've had since probably keep us to yourself in a, uh, in my notes in my phone. Um, let me find it. Yeah. I have a, I have a folder of lines and stuff that I like anything that I really hear or read that jumps out at me. I'm like, Oh, cool. And I'll write it down. 90% of the time it never makes it into a song. Mm -hmm. Um, but let me see if I can find it. I haven't used it in a while. Um, it's good that yeah, you keep all like, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I save, I save a bunch of stuff. So like in front of me, I have like fathom was going to be the name of, um, death in the woods. And we changed it to death in the woods. Um, unison, like I'm trying to think, uh, forgotten worlds, slow smile, like gloom pool. There's all these like random things, cold shiver, Mm -hmm. um deep in the vaults just a bunch of shit i've written down I where like i that found one. another i found in other places what's that <laughs> i like i like the deep in the vault one that's awesome yeah that's cool and um i just find things and then uh narrowcast was just closed circuit television i brought it up to to adam lazar and he goes oh that's a uk band and i'm like shit <laughs> um so that then i had to find another name Cause he's, he's, he's helped with a few of the songs, uh, on, on, um, phenomena. He helped, he recorded it, my vocals on there and helped me with some of the arrangements of the vocals. Um, what was, the notes. was he the one that was in a band called transit back in the day? Yeah, he was, he was in, a, he, he was also in a band <laughs> called transit That's way before transit was a band, which was crazy. Wild. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was going to be called closed circuit television. And then Narrowcast was another name I had kicking around. And I just thought it was cool. I just thought it was just like the word narrow is cool. It's creepy. 
cast like a cast of people is only me and matt it's only like two people and then aviv played drums on phenomenus there's three of us yeah um it just like transit it's not a meaningful name it's a cool sounding name yeah but it's also whatever you want it to be right. and i think it perfectly fits the uh songs and the lyrical themes like so i like it and yeah, we have a period at the period at the end yeah so if another narrow cast tries to come at us with any legal stuff they can't there's a period this is narrow cast and then a dot yeah so we're uh safe that's awesome <laughs> yeah you think you'll have any merch soon for a narrow cast yeah i designed a bunch of merch um but um it's just about getting it out there like putting it out we definitely need help with that <laughs> you know yeah. anyone that can help us with and not we have the designs they're done yeah. just like getting it made and putting it out all i know how to do is sing yeah. jump around on a stage and write lyrics and that's it. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not good at any of the other stuff musically at all. You're I not, you're not business, guitar. business savvy. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm not. I'm really not. So I need help in that department. Um, my, uh, yeah, I, my, my one friend just like bought a whole bunch of shit on Amazon, like a whole like screen printing press. Yep. Uh, that's got like three different things on it. And yeah, we're going to start making shirts because he's got like an apparel company he's doing and I wanted to make merch for the podcast. So cool. that, that's all like on the way right now. So I can let you know how that, that works out, but let me know that that'd be awesome. Yeah. 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 We just, um, yeah, I, I designed them all, um, like a bunch of shirts and, uh, I can't really pull them up, but let me find them. Dude, I have so many, my phone, my phone would probably give you a heart attack. It has so many fucking apps. I love that. In, in it. I'm like, cause I have one for just like stars, like where constellations are. I was like, I need that. Uh, it was one like, what, what plant is this? Like, oh, look, I need this. Um, <laughs> like I have one that when you, when you answer questions, it uh, donates rice to, uh, you know, to starving people in like other countries called free rice. I'm like, yeah, constantly. I remember that. Holy shit. It makes you feel good. Um, that's been around forever. Yeah. Yeah. So I do that a lot. And then there's a lot of there's a shitload of baby apps on here, but, uh, <laughs> free, rice. but yeah, um, we have, we have at least like six designs. We use printful. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, that's fun. Um, fun thing to do. Here we go. Um, but yeah, let me see if it actually lets me show it on the shirts. Like you have the designs you upload. Yeah. And then you have to go to orders that you save. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. So I've designed, so I can, I can design merch and I can make the songs. That's about it. That's what's up. That's all you need to do. <laughs> Simple merch. Yeah. Don't, don't over cleanse your palate or whatever you right? call it. <laughs> Um, so transit was one of the earlier run for cover bands. I know that you guys were, were just kind of fit or I know that run for cover was just kind of figuring out how to run a label in the beginning. Um, did yep. you, did you enjoy your time with those guys before the signing to rise for listen and forgive? Like what's some yeah. of the po positive things you got out of working with them? Um, Jeff was at like every show. He was very supportive. Um, I felt very like homemade. Yeah. Um, no pressure at all. Uh, he was on the road with us. We actually had lit, we had a stay home stolen. Um, so we had the, Jeff was working on the artwork for stay home, like yeah. putting it, putting together like the thank yous or like 
the deliverables, like the final package of it. Yeah. And we were playing a show with uh, Title Fight, and um, I think it was Title Fight and Man Overboard in uh, in Philly. And the place we were staying at got robbed, and the hard drive with uh, Stay Home, all the digital, all the everything from Stay Home was stolen on that hard drive. Oh. Um, and we had to on our Stay Home release show in Stoneham, we had to put it out on burnt CDs with like a makeshift. I have it um, somewhere. Uh, I ha- it's like a makeshift version of Stay Home with like just a band around it. Tim printed them out. He went to like Kinko's yeah. and like printed out. Is this it? Yeah. So this is the original Stay Home CD from uh, <laughs> from the CD release because Stay Home was stolen. Wow. Uh, all the all the artwork was stolen and had to get redone. So. Yeah, it's just this little thing. Wow. And uh, Tim crushed it, man. He gave such so many fucks. Like, is that like super rare now? That that what you're holding? I don't know. Uh, I will. Every, people hit me up on Instagram wanting me to like sell stuff to them, and I'm just like, nah. I don't want to sell a part of my soul. I mean, like, right. I make enough money with work, like. I don't need to sell any of this stuff. Like, nah, as long as you have one of everything yourself, you'd have what a few hundred bucks or like for anything that's worth a lot from transit. I'm sure it's like a couple hundred bucks. Like, yeah, it's not worth having something that I made, you know. Unless I don't even have the CD, the CD doesn't even exist in here, but I have the packaging. Unless, uh, unless you have like 400 copies of Joyride laying around, you'll probably make a decent profit because that's going for a lot. Yeah, I don't, I have, uh, I have some joyride stuff, but I just can't, <laughs> I can't see myself selling it. Even if it, it's totally, I don't even keep it like in a well, like I'm not like keeping it stored well, like it's, it's fine. Uh, yeah. but like, um, yeah, I have, uh, let it out CD, the first transit EP. No way. That's so missing cool. the front flap. <laughs> uh, Fun insert. I got the first punk band I ever listened to, Boxing Water, which was a local band. Nice. Um, they had a bunch of stuff in here, man. Um, boxing Water. That's a good name. Yeah. Uh, it, it's supposed to be Bong Water, but it's Boxing Water. Um, <laughs> and they were a punk band, and they introduced me to punk outside of like Green Day. That's what's up. Um, this is probably, is this the weird one? I got a transit vinyl that's a test press of this of uh of uh this will not define us what's this one this is a test i don't even know what this is this is a test pressing it says transit 14 out of 32 i have no idea what record it is no way no no idea that's hilarious i don't know what this one is um i'm assuming it's a joyride test press Um, yeah but um what else do I got in? Menzinger's Rented World, Jets to Brazil. Um, oh, I lo- love Jets to Brazil. That was a great jawbreaker, Logan. jawbreaker um, side project. What's this one? I think I think this is a. Um, what is that? The Chuck Reagan. Um, nice carrier. I got something left behind. Good luck finding one of those. Um, <laughs> that record label went under. Um, Mighty than sword young new england test press um stay home test press here it is this is my favorite one this is my favorite transit vinyl 
<laughs> what? Come it's on. It's press of <laughs> That's the kid with the turtles. This will not this will not define us. And it says <laughs> I like transit instead of I like turtles. <gasps> That's insane, dude. Yeah, this is Oh my god, it's epic. I think someone used like a, a glue stick to put all this all this printed uh <laughs> shit on it. What's inside here? Stickers. Oh no, that's from my friends. Yeah, so this is this will not define us test press. Wow. And then what are the goodies are in here? It's like oh my god. What it's what? a dagger mouth vinyl. <laughs> upside down someone took a dagger remember dagger mouth you know yeah thing? yeah of course there it's their um casing for um like a like a vinyl cover wow inside out glendale pd <laughs> made into a transit i didn't know we were so connected to dagger mouth that's cool that's hilarious yep but yeah that's a great old collection you got there you got pretty much yeah I don't have too too much, but I got I got some. Um, have heart. I got a have heart seven inch of what counts, oh, which yeah, is their yeah. first EP, and uh, I didn't have enough money for it at the show. Mm -hmm. And this is way before transit. I was just I was always I went to a shitload of have heart shows in verse right. and mental and all those Boston hardcore bands. Um, and uh, he gave me the he gave me it. He was like, yeah. take it. And it blew my mind because the first local, like the first local band or Massachusetts band I ever like went up and talked to, I was like 15. Yeah. This band called Our New Year from Gloucester. And I asked them when they were going to put out a record, like put out an EP or whatever. And a guy kind of snubbed me. And I remember being like, fuck this. Like I like their songs. It's still one of my favorite local bands. So I was like, fuck that, man. I'm never like yeah. talking to someone in a band again. And I didn't. And then, yeah. uh, Sucks. Half heart, Pat Flynn was like the nicest person in a band I've ever met. Yeah. Uh gave me um gave me what counts. And yeah. uh because I didn't have I was like a couple bucks short or whatever. And I was like, Yeah, I fucking love this band. Dude, and, he's too uh, good for this world. He's such a great performer, too. Yeah, dude. So oh hell yeah. Yep. See, that's what's great about vinyl, dude. Is like every time I look at a vinyl, I can like remember the memory from where I got it. Yeah. And just, I, that's what I love about collecting vinyl. Yeah, I could go through this all day, but uh, I don't want to. A lot of classics. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll definitely, I'll definitely have to grab a clip from this part and promote yeah. the podcast with the, with the transit, the test press. That was sick. Yeah, the test press. There's the, um, <laughs> the man overboard split I have in there. Um, let me just see if I have anything else. Anything else worth showing since you want to show that? Of course. Um, People will eat this shit up. Yeah, man. Um, this is just what's in the closet. This isn't um oh Algernon Cadwallader. Um everything else I have my ba the baby though destroys the vinyl. She takes she pulls them all out and just throws them. Oh no. <laughs> throws them around the room. But I don't like take great care of all of it. It's I just like to listen to it and um I know that's like kind of sacrilegious, but whatever. <laughs> Modest Mouse. Nice. Um, a long drive. I need Lonesome Crowded West. I thought I, I do have that somewhere. That's my favorite Modest Mouse record for sure. You used to hate that's them, what the right? The baby does. The baby just like, oh shit. Like they're all, 
all over the place. Um, Tokyo Police Club. Nice. Jimi Hendrix. Hell yeah. What else? Led Zeppelin 2. Oh, yeah. Modest Mouse. Fucking whatever. <laughs> uh, Mighty Tortoga uh, that I did that guest vocal for. Nice, nice. Uh, they sent me one. The Smiths. What else I got? Um, REM. Caution. Oh, hot water music. Yeah. Yep. Postal Service. One of the best sounding records ever. Like being in a car and listening to this record yeah. is life changing. You, you can see where every beep and boop is. Like you listen to it and it's like, it's like in front of you. I, I've never heard a record like, like Postal Service give up where like it's, you're like inside the record when you listen to it, listen yeah. to it in a car and tell me I'm wrong. Like that record you're right. is all around you in yeah. such a weird way that it's, it's hard to explain. Nah, it's a, it's a total submersive experience, but are you going to see them do the 20th anniversary shows with uh death, death cab for cutie? Do you see that? They're yes. doing that. Yes. That's going to be so sick. One of that, uh, one of the first bands I've ever fallen in love with black Sabbath. Yeah. Black Sabbath and the Beatles were my first one and two. That was 69, right? That one. Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah. Black Sabbath actually scared the shit out of me as a kid, but I still, totally. still like listening to it. Uh, Sturgill Simpson. Great. Yeah. That guy puts you on a fucking ride. He, he's, he's country, right? Yeah. Sturgill. Yeah. But he's, but he's not, he's, he's like rock. And roll. I call it surfing. He's galactic surfing. Yeah. You're gonna if you listen to one of his newer records, uh, you're on a ride. Like you, you think he he brings a song to a certain point, and you you think it's gonna break and it's gonna go one way, and it just fucks you. It just <laughs> it takes just you. It just fucks your head up. Like what he can do, I I don't. It's it's not for the faint of heart. Like yeah. I can't even listen to him all the time because it's just like, where are we going, man? This is. Kind of like Rick and Morty at its peak when it was really crazy that the show existed. Like that's right. kind of does something similar with his uh song arrangements. I love uh, that Sam song Cook. about his dog. Oh yeah, Sam yeah, Cook. man. Uh the Ramones Pet Cemetery. Oh, dude, that's fucking yeah. crazy. John Cougar Mellencamp, Frank Sinatra. I grew up in a big Italian family, so I'm a big fan of Frank Sinatra. Frank- Frank Sinatra. There's some Frank Sinatra um, odes on uh, um, like lyrical references on um, Young New England. Yeah. Uh, Janis Joplin. Classic. Replacements. BB. Oh, BB King. I was like, which one is this? Uh, Chamberlain. Rocky Vadalato. Makers. Great record. Eric Clapton, Rites of Spring. The old DC emo is so fucking good. When it's good. When it's good, it's incredible. Looking this one When up. it's okay, there's some bands I don't love. Like it's too, it's too beat up. It's too, you know, it's 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 too polished. It's too chaotic. No, not polished. Like it's too chaotic, but but some bands are just like 
perfect. And Rights of Spring is one of them. All the Ian Mackay side projects, a lot of those are great. Embrace is probably the best out of all of them for me. Um, another REM record, Blood on the Tracks. If you ever get stuck writing lyrics, just listen to a shitload of Bob Dylan and then look at your song and realize it sucks. Yeah. And try harder. Just try harder. The best thing to do, listen to a bunch of Bob Dylan. If you think your song is good, listen to Bob Dylan. If you think your lyrics are good, and listen to Bob Dylan and then realize your lyrics aren't great and you need to try harder. That's the best <laughs> takeaway of Bob Dylan is he wrote better lyrics than you may ever write whoever's listening. Right. So try fucking harder. <laughs> Dude, I love, I, I love listen him. To him. I'm like, shit, I either got to quit or do just, a better job. Just call it a day. I, I love him in uh last waltz, that Scorsese movie. Oh man. He's playing with the band. Yeah. He's um unreal. I can't believe he exists. <laughs> right. He's too good. He's you can't. I was driving listening to Bob Dylan and I was like, I gotta pull over. Yeah. I was like, he has this line, he had this line about like the opposite shore of an ocean, and something came up, and I was like, I gotta pull over. I gotta like think about my life real quick. I gotta like uh I gotta stop and like evaluate a few things with my day before I like get to Home Depot. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> Uh, most important record probably of my life. One of the most important records. Most nice. crowded West. Is it's, it is it true that you used to not like Modest Mouse back in high school? I didn't like them in high school because I was obsessed with, I just get very like, like a certain team. I'd get very tunnel vision. Like this is my band. Fuck all the other bands. Yeah. So I was really, really, really into Thursdays, full collapse and mm -hmm. we're all the time. And when I listened to War All the Time and my Sony Discman, mm -hmm. Modest Mouse's Float On would be playing every fucking morning on the radio. The radio plays like when the radio was around and big and like when it was more of a thing. Mm -hmm. It um, played the same songs constantly, mm -hmm. constantly, almost in order. Yeah. Like here's, our, oh, hey, Hank, here's our playlist. What's and, up, uh, Hank? Hank, uh, hey. here's our playlist. Here's our playlist, and like we're just gonna play the same songs every morning. And they played Dashboard uh, by Modest Mouse and Float On so much that I hated them. Yeah. And then they later became like one of my favorite bands of all time because I real like I like stop it. He's like smashing my computer. Uh, <laughs> that record's great. It's a great record. Um, I still skip those two songs. I've listened to them too much. The radio ruined two Modest Mouse songs for me. This cat is destroying my laptop. He's like <laughs> smashing his face into it. One of the most important records, um, Van Morrison's Astral Weeks. Yeah. Um, Madam George is one of my favorite songs ever written. Ever. It can go on. It goes on for like seven, eight minutes. I wish it went on for like 20. Yeah. Um, how long is that song? Nine. Nine minutes. I wish it went on for 20. <laughs> um, Doors. I have a lot of few doors records another really important record probably one of the saddest most beautiful records ever written um Nutrimilk hotel hey come on that's cool right. um, yeah man this was uh that's a big one stop 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 another rocky vadolato record beach boys just because of how good it sounds Oh, of course. Another really fucking important, probably one of my first favorite records, Revolver. Oh. Uh, 
and then um sergeant pepper i don't have sergeant pepper on uh on vinyl she but, uh, uh she said she said is one of my favorite beatles songs of all time yeah dude it's so good um a day in the life's a really good song um yeah you know that one was one of john's it's like one of john's favorite beatles songs mm-hmm. um eleanor rigby's my favorite beatles song that was the first one where i was like Really? There's people in a room. There's a piano over here. The outside, it's raining. It's a whole universe. Like it's a whole world. Yeah. And Thursday does that so well. Um, as as a uh, Jeff Rickley does that so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Beatles do it really well on some of those songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Led Zeppelin, Fleetwood Mac, um, American Nightmare, huge influence on me. Oh, of course. Much better writer, much better lyricist than I'll ever be. He's one of the <laughs> The best of all time of course um i was trying to find this one one of the most influential bands is this band called moment i brought them up on a bunch of podcasts and i told a shitload of transit fans on the road but it was a local band called moment and the album's called songs for the self-destructive and uh it was like on that you know when you first heard brand new like that you know your favorite weapon or like tell all your friends take them back sunday like when you first heard one of those albums as a kid you're like you get me you like you you understand where i'm coming from like this is yeah. all i need right now that's this record but it was a local band i never got to see them live um the singer was supposed to do a guest vocal on a on the long lost record and he didn't do it oh. um, but i gave him a bag of weed um but yeah i've talked to him on facebook a few times he has a few friends that are the same friends as mine um but uh yeah this is the most this is one of the most i'd say the most important vinyls i have are van morrison moment and what was that oh um and lonesome crowded west wherever that went yeah those are like oh yeah these are like probably the three most meaningful ones like three most meaningful vinyls i have at least right now no for sure you got a great collection thank you so uh you joined transit at 19 were you at all like prepared or mentally available to take on a band at that age let alone one that went on for you know 10 years um (laughs) Uh, my life was a mess. Um, I was uh, not like a mess, but it was like, I definitely was like rolling with the punches of like going to school, not knowing what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not really feeling like I belong, you know, belong there. Um, and no, what happened was transit had a singer named Pat Boston. Like, I don't know his real name. I don't know his full name, but they, people call him Pat Boston. Yeah. Um, and he quit transit apparently to be a manager at home Depot. And which is nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, so they needed a singer and um, I went to see, I believe it was polar bear club. No way. Um, I don't know why I can't remember, but I, I think it was polar bear club or it could have been crime and stereo, but it was, it was a band that I really liked going uh, headlining a show in yeah. Stoneham, which is a town over from mine. And um, 
transit was opening and people started talking about transit in our local scene because they kind of sounded like old saves the day or like lifetime. Yeah. And we didn't have any, we didn't have a lot of bands like that. We had one band like that called McLean. That was really fucking good. And, uh, transit was like another band with that style of sound. So everyone's like, let's fucking go. Yeah. Um, so I got excited. I went on their MySpace and they had demos with no, um, no vocals. It was just demos, just like, um, instrumentals. Yeah. And, uh, and I went to, I went to the show. Um, I left school and went to the show, got picked up at a train station, Oak Grove train station in Melrose. And then my friend Carl, who's like basically my brother, uh, picked me up. We went to Stoneham white church transit played. Um, they had two friends, um, doing like guest vocals, like, well, just like making up melodies. They just kept saying, I'm falling down again. I'm falling down. Like one guy was screaming, like yelling, like hardcore stuff, like hardcore band screams. And then the other guy was singing and uh friend, Scott and Jesse. And uh, they were saying like, we don't sing for this band. If you want to, like, we're going to have like tryouts or whatever. Um, let us know. So I said to Carl, like in the, in the crowd or whatever, I was like, should I, I was like, I would do that. And he goes, you should. And I go, maybe I will. Yeah. So I went back to my dorm, probably not the same night, probably like days later. And then I used GarageBand and wrote two songs. I wrote Castaway and I wrote um, Heating Up My Cold, my pizza that I made because I didn't go back to it. Um, <laughs> you can eat that, by the way. I was going to say that earlier. I was like, you can eat. Yeah, I just don't want to eat food while I'm like, while we're doing this. Um, oh, no worries. But uh you want to be like weird, like gross and just like eating like a fucking monster. I won't uh, post any clips of you eating. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't have a fear of that. I don't care. Okay. Uh, but um, <laughs> I just don't want to be rude. Uh, but yeah, so uh, wrote those two songs. One had a, like a pop punk breakdown and I didn't like that, but I still wrote to the song. We never put it out. Probably one of the weaker songs. And then um yeah, Castaway became a part of our catalog. My wife's FaceTiming me again. You can answer it totally. It's fine. Yeah. Hello. Hello. What's up? Yes, you took down a whole cheese pizza. No way. Oh yeah. Look at her face. Look at like her like outfit. You got sauce all over your face. I'm eating a cheese pizza yeah, right now. Oh, from where? From the freezer. We went to uh, Bambolina, and I had yeah, yeah. Um, let me call you back. Uh, Sush keeps trying to call me. All right, cool. Yeah, it's her sister, Sush. Um, <laughs> anyway, okay. So I write to the two demos. Yeah. Um, one becomes Castaway, and then we go. We're in Tim's garage. We're by the steps, going up towards his kitchen. I'm like, I'm like, so what do you guys think? And like. Tim brings down his acoustic guitar. We do cast away. Like we play the song and then he's like, all right, we're going to like talk about it. So they like, some of them leave. I think he like leaves the room or whatever. He's talking to his girlfriend yeah. at the time, Jesse. And she liked me the most out of whoever else tried. Yeah. And they were like, we want you to be in the band. And it was either going to be called transit or this time around. Mm -hmm. And I thought that this time around sounded more like a generic, like band name. Yeah. So we picked transit. I didn't name the band, um, but I got to pick like help pick yeah. what it was going to be called. 
Sorry, yeah, I have a bunch. I have a bunch of transit. I know. I know. We like to. You and I like to talk, so that's why it always ends up being so fucking long. But yeah. uh, I have a bunch of transit. You could like speed through them if you want, and then I have like that stupid speed around to do at the end that we can flash yeah. through that too. But I, I didn't want to. I don't want this to go too long either. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's cool. Um, um, let's go until she calls me back. Okay. Okay. So, are is this is the tree with the words "Stay Home" carved into it still there, where you guys shot the cover? It has okay. to be. Has to be. I don't see why someone would like sand over it. Sanding a tree would be weird. Where was that? Where was that? Um, that's behind Tim's house in Stoneham. His okay. family no longer lives there. They moved, but it's it's probably still there. Um, if you take half the address of of Keep It to Yourself, there's an address written on the top of the vinyl. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that might be the street it's on in Stoneham. Okay. I don't remember what. I I can't really. I should know this. I don't remember the name of his street off the top of my head. We'll figure it out later. Uh, um, yeah. What well, uh, outbound was about you sitting on the train to get to school, right? Yeah, it was like the essence of the song. It was about my depression in the winter, yeah. but um, yeah, and it's got a suicide file um, lyric in it, which is my favorite hardcore band besides American Nightmare. What's uh, uh What's something crazy you witnessed on that train? Um, almost uh, a gang fight with guns. Um, um, two gangs. One gang showed up, and there was another gang that was already on the train near where I was sitting. And they just one of them, one of the guys, and one of the the, the groups was like, uh, "Take it out, take it out, take it out." And he's talking about his gun. So while they were saying that, I just started going like this in the seat. I just started leaning over. Yeah in case someone shot at someone i'd be less likely to be shot so that's the craziest thing i've seen how did you manage to get patrick stump to do guesties on all, all your heart he was supposed like he was looking for bands to open for him playing acoustic in alston uh massachusetts i think it was alston and through twitter people told him to to have transit and he checked this out and he liked it. And then he reached out to us on Facebook. We met him once at skate and surf. Mm -hmm. um, that was it. We met him one time at skate and surf and he didn't record in the studio with us. He recorded at home and sent it to us. And the vocals were perfect before they were tuned. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a monster. He's a, he's a pro. During uh, young new England, Tim had a huge hand in the writing process and, you know, transit was known for its collaborations, whether people dug specific songs or not. But was this songwriting process different seeing that, you know, there were certain tracks that you could hardly claim as one that you wrote yourself? And that 100%. You had, yeah. 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 Um, Late Q, I changed a few words and maybe a line or two. Yeah. Um, Sleep. He um, he wrote the song entirely. The melodies. I changed some of the lyrics. I tried to, like, fine tune the lyrics. For sure. Um, uh, so Long, So Long. Uh, he wrote a lot of the lyrics on that. So it was, it was him kind of taking over and being like, I want to like, you know, I think he was just more confident. And I was, I wasn't mad about it, but it definitely wasn't going to, at that point I was like, I was definitely wanting to write more like a listen and forgive too. Um, but the music wasn't really sounding that way. It was sounding different. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it was definitely a different process. He, he pretty much became like a captain, um, more so than on listen and forgive where it was more of like a group effort i feel you know you've always understood the importance of evolving as a musician what do you think should be a band or artist mindset when leaving like leaping to the next release 
it can all be gone in a day. Like you have no idea how long you're like all the bands that are touring right now. You have no, like you have no idea how long that's going to last. Yeah. So put out, put you in there, put, make it yours. Mm -hmm. Stop thinking about content, make art, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I wish I could word it better than that, but like, I'm so happy with all of the curveball songs we wrote or all the songs that like, like people aren't going to like this. We're going to do it. I'm so happy for those now. I really am. Um, because eventually you're going to be looking back at it and it's going to be vinyl in a, on your, you know, it's going to be vinyl on your shelf or, you know right. what I mean? It's not, it's not going to be a reality every day. Right. One day. Like Pan Pan of the Disco just ended it. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, more than we were like, they were, they're huge. Um, doing yeah. it longer giant band like some of those members i'm sure maybe they'll all uh stay in music but like their lives will never be the same right once they call it a day if they're really calling it a day permanently Mm -hmm. um and that's why it's so important to just make what you want to make and Mm -hmm. say fuck it yeah even if it's something that people turn against or like people turn on or they don't like like i'm so happy saves the day made in reverie like i'm sure it really changed the trajectory of their success as a band but like their record's so fucking good who cares like like or like you know stuff like that man is there a silly lyric or line in a song that you guys clashed over and what's what's something you guys butted heads over in transit um very specific question uh it's happened on most of the records um first time it happened was on this will not define us um we wrote scrape and claw uh, that song in the studio and I was arguing like I don't want to write in the studio like last minute I want to uh, you know I want to prepare and uh, it just didn't come out great it's definitely the weakest song uh, on the record in my opinion for me yeah um, and then where else did it happen um, we got in an argument about on keep us yourself about the song title we have a song called the downsides and I thought it was, I didn't think it was like a good call. I was like, yeah, it might, it might uh, make, you know, the wonder years think we're like throwing shade at them and we're friends with them. So we're like, we don't, we don't want to do that. But Tim thought it'd be funny. So we did it. I got a phone call from soupy and he was just like, what's up, man? Like, what's up with that song title? Um, and I'm like, it's just a gag. I go, I, I threw Tim out of the buzz. I was like, Tim thought it'd be funny. It's no disrespect at all. Um, <laughs> And then uh, I think we just played so many shows with them. We were like, let's just see what happens. Um, That's sick. And then um, I was going to cross this out. I didn't want that to be a song title. I don't know why. I thought it was too long, Um, (laughs) but it ended up being one. Um, I don't remember any lyrical arguments on Listen and Forgive that I haven't already gone over. Um, Mm -hmm. And then let's see. Um, young New England, we have a lyric that says, uh, uh, can you, um, can you mask the pain if you don't believe in it? And I argued with Tim and I said, well, mask the pain when you sing it sounds like master bait. <laughs> um, so I go, people are going to think that's what we're saying. And he goes, <laughs> no, no. I go, I go, the lyric should be, you know, can you hide the pain? You know, 
And he goes, no, no. And we went at it. Like we argued. We were right. I remember where we were in the room, like in between the recording or the main recording room and uh, where Gary's at the controls and we were in the doorway yeah. arguing about it, not yelling, but like discussing like, no, man, this is a bad call. And he was like, no, man, this is it. Like we have to use the word mask. <laughs> it's I'm like, okay. Uh, and then it didn't really blow up uh, as a negative. I think there's a few comments online about that lyric, but uh, <laughs> I still think it sounds like that. It ruined the song for me. I hope it doesn't ruin the song for I'm sure. It's going to ruin the song by talking about it. People that didn't notice it, but uh, my friend, Mike baby, who I do the pod, I did the podcast with the, uh, you got to hear this podcast. He he'll bring yeah. that up every, every once in a while um, to like get at me or whatever, just fucking around. But uh yeah, that's the worst uh, <laughs> lyrical mistake I can think of. And I know I was right, and it doesn't matter. It's done, it's recorded, it's printed. Um, but yeah, that's 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 the long-winded answer, yes. I think I think my favorite misheard lyric that's probably the most uh, you know, powerful and uh most noted is that song Catalina Fight Song by Joyce Manor with that line. Uh, sunken city by the ocean but when you hear it it sounds like suck a titty by the ocean (laughs) (laughs) everybody says that too like everyone Uh, i got i go to a show and like people are literally singing that instead (laughs) that's hilarious i wonder now that came obviously way before the star wars the last star wars trilogy with um (laughs) with luke skywalker having a nice uh glass of blue milk from the teat yeah, uh, that's what I can. That's all I think of. He did. He did suck a titty by the ocean in that in one. Of, and I think the Ryan Johnson one, this the second one. Oh um, my god, I don't even remember that. Yeah, watch it. He did. He got that's, he got blue milk from the source. Um, so he must, you know, uh, must be a must be a Joyce Manor fan. Yeah, he loves him. That's hilarious. My, my, for as a kid, mine was uh, Fleetwood Mac. I thought that the Fleetwood Mac lyric when I was little was. Sounds like the White Ranger sings a song. Sounds like he's singing. Um, the White Ranger obviously being Power Rangers. And then has the yeah. Green Ranger, Tommy, rest in peace. I uh, had the uh, flute. Yeah. Had the knife flute. So I thought, uh, for some reason as a kid, I was so sure that Fleetwood Mac was a fan of the Power Rangers. But it's the White Winged Dove so- sings a song. Sounds like she's singing is the correct lyric. That would have been so uh, cool. <laughs> yeah. I was like, sick, man. Oh, yeah. So you you guys toured with so many great bands like the Swellers this time next year, Balance and Composure. Do any specific memories stick out from touring with any of these bands? Um, let me see. Oh, just like those bands you mentioned, or or just any um, of them, just any bands. Uh, memory touring with bands. Yeah, just like some um, fun memories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, touring with Taking Back Sunday was awesome. Um, I got to sing. Um, I think it was number five with a bullet um, for like a week or two with with uh, Taking Back Sunday, which is awesome because, you know, friends with a lot of those guys. And uh, yeah, that was really memorable. Um, the the best memories for me, as cliche as it probably sounds, are like Long Island basement shows, um, L.A. basement, like house shows, kitchen. There's a kitchen show. It's always someone's house. Like anytime we were like doing a one-off or, a, or an extra show the same day and we played someone's house, some crazy shit always happened. Like a pipe got pulled from a, from a ceiling or a chandelier, or there's always some kid that would jump off of a like refrigerator and always land on his head. Like, really? like a thud, like dropping a, like dropping a uh, bowling ball, which is terrifying. 
Yeah. Um, but like all the crazy memories, most of them come from house shows. It's just there's so many variables and playing a show in a in a room that you're not supposed to, like not yeah. made for that environment. And uh that was the most fun. Yeah. The craziest tour story I can think of was last day of Australia. Um the we were in Brisbane and uh the bouncer um, was just ripping kids off of the the stage and he, and he got this kid in the small one of the smallest kids i think probably at the show got him in a headlock and just started squeezing his head like a neck and i watched the i was the, it was the last song we we're playing for the world um and uh i could see like the blood draining out of this kid's face like the circulation look cut off so without even thinking i i just had like a second to react and i started punching the bouncer like in the eye <laughs> I hit him in the eye about six times. Everything kind of slowed down because um, it's been a long time since I've been in a fight, probably since middle school was the last time I got in any kind of altercation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I punched him in the eye six times. He let go of the, of the kid and um, the guy behind the soundboards that was also running the show. I think he was yeah. also the promoter Yeah, ran through the crowd, grabbed the bouncer, pulled him away from me. The guy, the bouncer would have kicked the shit out of me. Like I got my shots in and I'm glad he yeah. didn't have time to uh to get me back. Yeah. Um he's big. He's a big dude. And uh he pulled me outside uh later on like after the show and he was like, "You know I brought you out here?" and I was like, "Yeah, cuz you're about to like snap that kid's neck like a pretzel stick." And uh he's like, "You you sucker punched me, you did this blah 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 blah." And I'm like, "Yeah, like you look like you're about to murder that kid." Mm-hmm. Um he got on his phone, he called the owner of the bar um i got the band over because i'm like yo you know something's going down like yeah yeah sorry this is my cat shrimp <laughs> um so um uh he went on, he got on the phone with the the owner of the bar and then uh the bouncer came back over to me and said we're not going to press charges you, you guys just got to get the fuck out of here yeah um and then we left and that was it but yeah that's one of the craziest tour stories i can think of was that's- fighting a fighting a giant dude that I normally wouldn't because I thought he was murdering someone that was, you know, singing along. The kid was small. He wasn't hurting. Yeah. Jumping in, going on the stage, jumping in the crowd, getting on the stage, jumping in the crowd. And the guy just lost it. Um, you should never have someone by the neck. You know no, what I mean? Never, like, like never. he had him like this, like he had him in a chokehold. Like that's not your job. Nah, he should be fired <laughs> that night. That's yeah, the spot. Yeah. 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 And then the fact that he wanted to press charges on me is insane. Uh, with all the witnesses there too, like kids hang out after the show, they're still yeah. around. There's tons of witnesses to, to back my side of the story. Was there, um, was there like a barricade then for that one? Um, no, it was just, a, uh, just a stage, just a couple, couple feet up off the ground, no mm. barricade. Um, and they should great for- security on, on in front, you know? No, it was, it was yeah. stupid. Stupid. So. Yeah. This is my, this is my dog, Scooby. Big boy. Hello. He's a border collie. <laughs> Hello. There's shrimp. He's got his back turned. It's just he's too cool for everyone right now. Hello, Scooby. Um but yeah, no, that's cool. Kudos kudos to you for you know helping that kid out at least. Yeah, I, I always still felt bad. I, anytime I get anytime I've been in like a physical altercation, I always feel like dirty. Like you just feel like I wish there was a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you didn't have time to think it wasn't like I didn't, it was a blur. Like, I don't feel like I made the decision to hit him. Yeah. It just started happening. Like I was watching it from outside myself. It's very weird. Mm-hmm. 
some that's venues, adrenaline. Some yeah. venues just hate kids that stage dive and they just will you do whatever it takes to just get them out of there. Even, even though like that's all part of the fun, you know? Yeah. It's just once you're, once you're, once you're cutting off the circulation from someone's brain, like you're really overstepping yeah. your job. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a death. Yeah. That's a phew, terrifying. <laughs> um, so, so when transit ended, was there a sense or feeling of worry that you were going to be losing your identity from the last 10 years of being in the band or were you just excited to carry on and, you know, raise a family without the extra baggage? Uh, no, definitely. It was kind of, you know, it felt like the right time, um, to stop. And, uh, we had, you know, multiple members wanting to leave at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would have been a very, you know, just, it would have been like one original member type situation. Like it would have, it wouldn't have been transit. So I felt like it was a natural time. Like in my opinion, we need, we need certain key people there lose, you know, this was before we lost Tim, but Tim was out of the band at that time. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I I would definitely say my identity has changed, but like I gained so much of my identity from transit. Like I was just a, you know, a nerdy kid um from massachusetts i loved to skateboard i loved to play video games i mm-hmm. uh, loved heavy music um it was really good at you know not really good at design but i was into design and like 3d design and cad and uh yeah yeah um that was me before transit and then uh i was obsessed with going to shows we were always every weekend we'd go to the salem elks or icc church um you know, I was obsessed with going to shows and, and being in the audience before transit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, with transit, I gained a lot of confidence, uh, as a person, I, I felt like a, like a, like a traveling, almost like you're in a circus. Like you're just like a traveling person. Like you're just in a different place every day. It was really exciting, but there's also a lot of negatives with being on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I definitely felt knocked down a few pegs after everything ended, but I was really excited to, you know, move, leave Massachusetts for the first time, live in a different state for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it, I feel like I'm definitely living the best case scenario yeah. and joining transit. I left school, so I had teachers, some teachers were for it. Uh, leaving Wentworth um, to tour and some te- like the some teachers were against it and um, like you really shouldn't it's a really bad idea mm-hmm. um, so you know my gut told me follow you know do this like do this crazy thing this is the one chance you'll have in your life to like do something like this and you'll regret it for the rest of your life if you don't mm-hmm. um, I thought I was just going to do it for a few years a few years became 10 years and eight yeah. years touring Um so I think I, I have between being in crippling debt, being very terrified of dying in a car, a van accident, um, the amounts of times I got sick on the road, I've had a severe um, like reflux. So I always had like my throat on fire trying to like sing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for so many shows, um, gone to the doctors for it so many times. Um, so yeah, I think I, I I was I think I I put in the maximum amount of years I possibly could have, mm-hmm. and was as stubborn as fucking possible to keep it going. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I have no regrets at all. I'm happy. I'm so happy, dude. We ended on Joyride, and the last word of the last song is the word ends. 
Yeah, I know. Like so I'm great. so ha- I'm so happy. Like I I did what I set out to do and I did more than what I thought I could do. And uh we played some awesome festivals, we played some awesome tours, seen 16 different countries. No. Yeah, I think 16 countries in the US 16 times, something like that. Wow. Um so yeah, we could have done more. There's bands we toured with that have done more and great for them. Uh, it's not a competition. It's not a race. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. I'm very happy with how things turned out. What was the uh, the emotion in the room at that last transit show? You know, I've, I've watched that final. I uh, can't describe it. You can't yeah. describe it. It's a movie. It's a real movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's is too much emotion to describe like. The only thing close to that was, I guess, like, like I would say my baby being born was like the most emotional thing, craziest movie type situation I've ever gone through in my life. Yeah. More so than the last show for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, that would probably be number, number two craziest, like emotional, uh, roller coaster was, was that last show last few minutes, last second of the last yeah. song for sure. I go back and watch that that skipping stone video so yeah. so much because that that last song was just so powerful. Just you guys jumping in the crowd. It's just one of the coolest moments of the band for sure. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of fun, man. And are you are you guys still day. you guys still keeping in touch? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Good. Everyone everyone pretty much keeps in touch for the most part. Um mm-hmm. we all live in like different states. Uh two of us live in the same state, but everyone else is uh you know daniel's in california pj's in massachusetts tory's in massachusetts i'm in north carolina yeah um brandon who's our good friend and was playing guitar for us for the um you know the end of end of towards transit is in california as well so we're all kind of in different parts of the country so uh you know getting together is would be quite a uh (laughs) quite a crazy amount of work to uh put together and timing and luck but um never know maybe one day all right um joyride turns 10 next year i know you're very proud of this album you know what a way to what a way to go out who's the girl who's the girl on the cover i'm curious that is sean sean haydorn's uh wife uh from rise so we took photos of our friend ashley and then there was another girl um that was doing it and the band really couldn't decide on the on the cover and and we kind of got not an argument but we couldn't really come to a mutual decision and then uh, more photos were taken and then we ended up going with um with photos uh that sean or whoever he had take the photos um used so mm-hmm. the idea was you know I, I had a google document of a million names i still have it somewhere but a d- million different names for the record and then different ideas for the cover mm-hmm. and that seemed to be the one you know we went with on uh, my most I, I think i like the listen and forgive artwork the most um yeah. and stay home um, but I don't like a lot of the font work on Listen and Forgive. I think the font and everything could have been better, but I think that the picture is one of the coolest ones. For sure. Um, and then Stay Home, probably still my favorite. Um, we're all over the place with art. We weren't consistent. It's, so <laughs> it looks like different bands did everything, but that's because we just couldn't decide on like, yeah, yeah, we went the best we could get for each one. I think the Young, young New England one's pretty cool too. Yeah, I like that one. I my least favorite is "Keep Us to Yourself." I just think it's. I'm I'm sorry, <laughs> but that one's just it doesn't doesn't look nice on the eyes. Um, that's probably my <laughs> least favorite. That's so hard work. Uh, so, 
so you know transit transit built this longevity and this lasting impact that people are like still constantly talking about and listening to your band almost daily myself included how does that feel amazing i didn't think that was going to be the case i didn't know i don't you really think about stuff like that yeah um you just do the best you can because you're so psyched you get to do it um that you know a label's paying for your studio time that kids are buying merch to keep gas in the tank and um you know coming to shows and having a great time like you just you just get excited to you know you just like what's the best i can do the only thing i wish i did more was like every time we were recording i wish i like just didn't sleep and just obsessively worked on the songs even more so they could have been better Mm -hmm. um i wish i did that especially since i was younger and i could have like been able to do that like physically yeah um but i feel like i gave 200 percent, but I wish I gave 300, you know, 400 um, percent mm-hmm. or took care of my voice better and like hit, you know, better notes or like stronger notes or more layers. Like there's so many things. It's just once it's done, it's done. But um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I, I sleep really good at night with, you know, everything we did with that band musically. Mm-hmm. Um, so your vocals were perfect on Joyride, though. Like you were hitting some really high notes on that one. Yeah, I don't think I can sing like that anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not really trying to. With the sound we have now, it's more laid. It's more laid back. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, but uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes like if that comes on like randomly, or like comes up on Spotify, or like you know for some reason I'm hearing a transit song mm-hmm. and Joyride comes on, I am pretty excited. I'm like, I'm like, wow! Like I, I can't believe I sounded like that. That's crazy. Like that's cool. Right. If you listen to like when I when we started transit, I like anyone that's like nervous about singing in a band or doesn't have confidence in themselves. I went like multiple records, just I call it yelping. Like I yeah. <laughs> I wasn't hitting notes, I wasn't able to really sing, but I wanted to. And yeah, yeah. I was like, "Fuck it, I don't sound the way I want to sound, but that's okay. Maybe one day I'll get there." And I've met, I've talked to so many other bands around the road with that had the same feeling where that's like. Oh man, I love your voice like this, like blah, blah, blah. Like, this is why I like it. And they're just like, yeah. yeah, but this is not how I want it to sound. This is just the best I can do. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's surprising. Um, yeah, but you, you have such a great progression throughout the band. And like, you can, you can sense like the raw emotion all the way through, like, keep this to yourself. And then, you know, listen to forgive, yeah. you know, you just, you started to really, really find yourself, I feel like. And Young yeah. New England and Joyride, you just like, just went through the roof with it. Keep us yourself was just trying. I, I wasn't really trying to hit notes. I was really just trying to push as much emotion into the songs as fucking possible. It was yeah, a completely yeah. different approach on singing than the later records, uh, right. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know a lot of people have been probably asking you this, uh, but do you think in a perfect world we could see a reunion show at some point in the not so distant future? I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. I don't know. I <laughs> <Of> don't. <laughs> I, it's there's so many variables that like there's so many pieces that have to fall into right. exact place for for us to to do a reunion. Like oh, totally. I know a lot of bands will break up and then people will be like, oh yeah, but they'll get back together. Like they're just doing this because it will like <laughs> boost them up. It's like nope, that wasn't us. Like we were really like, <laughs> I think this is it. Like. Um, you know, we, we didn't have that idea of like getting back together. It was just, Call it. um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't <laughs> know. I, I, I have no idea. I'm not just saying that. Like, I really don't know. Not for um, sure. it would be cool. It would actually be pretty terrifying. Not, 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 not 
not to do it, but for me as a person, yeah. um, this is not a reason why we wouldn't, I, I if we had the chance uh, you know, I would definitely take it and do it. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean like getting on stage for the first time, not being on stage for so many years, right. I, it's going to be like the first transit show all over again. Right. Uh, and then it's going to be the greatest feeling, but I, the level of nervousness I'm going to, uh, have to overcome is going to be pretty crazy. Uh, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, but but think about it as like not doing it for so long and then just being like being in that position again. Yeah, yeah. It is a mind fuck. Like just all those people looking at you or like just like just, you know, I I'm sure it will come back to me, um uh, but that's going to be the craziest experience uh for me. So that's yeah. going to be you know, we'll see. Test out with some narrow cast shows. I, right? I definitely, I'm, I definitely, I'm I definitely, uh, Gage, Gage, who was in the, the band, he's like the, you know, multi, multiple instrument guy, mm-hmm. uh, that's down here in North Carolina. We're trying to practice so we can, uh, we can play some shows. He's about, he's in the middle of trying to buy a house. I have a 15 month old baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're trying to like, meet up so we can do that and i have two friends that book shows down here so we have the go-ahead from from friends to like play a show yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but uh but we just have to with crazy adult schedules it's so hard to like get together but we'll, we're gonna do it for sure we're gonna do it i really want to do it all right we've reached the the speed round at the end where i ask a bunch okay. of bullshit and you just answer mm-hmm. okay so what's your uh what's your favorite pig destroyer song uh jupiter's eye the one we covered easily noise uh favorite transit album cover i think we already said that uh yep listen and forgive minus the font (laughs) uh what do you miss most about being on the road i don't miss subway (laughs) i'll never miss i'll never eat subway again fuck subway (laughs) fuck subway Uh, yeah fuck subway Um, totally what do i miss on the road the most the community talking to people after the shows um seeing the joy it brings in people's lives. Um, Mm -hmm. Just feeling connected to so many people's lives through music um, for sure is what I miss the most. Favorite record of 2022. I don't know, man. Um, Let me see. Uh, Oh, um, uh, um, what is it? Uh, Is it God save the animals? Um, Oh, Alex G. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. So, I think one. so. Let me check here. I grabbed the vinyl yeah. recently. It's super good. Yeah. I'm going to say that's it. Yep. If you haven't heard the band Anxious, yeah, you should check them out too. That was another really, I have. really good album. Yeah, I've, I've listened to them uh, a few times. Yeah, they're good. Uh, which band were you most proud to have the uh, opportunity to tour with? Oh, man. Probably Taking Back Sunday. Taking Back Sunday. Uh, and we did a weekend of shows with this band from Long Island called The Agent. Okay. Um, bands I wished we toured with more than any is Algernon Cadwallader, because okay. um, they're one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Banner Pilot would have been sick. Uh, but yeah, TBS number one, number two, um, The Agent. Even though it was just a weekend. Yeah. What's the best Menzingers record? Uh, the best Menzingers record, I would say the last one. Um, Hello, Exile. Yeah, I think they get better every record. Uh, what's the dumbest thing you've ever done for money? 
<laughs> dumbest thing I've ever done. For, I know it's supposed to be a speed round and I'm going slow. Oh, the dumbest thing I've ever done for money um, was sell a, like, sell a console, um, sell my Super Nintendo. Um, <laughs> at that time, it was like Funko Land. It wasn't even GameStop uh, on Route yeah. 1 in Saugus. And uh, selling your old, and this was when I was a kid, but like, I was a little kid, but like, selling an old system is never worth it because you want to play it later on. Yeah. And they never give you what it's worth. Never it's always like one percent <laughs> of what it's worth. Yeah. You go to GameStop. I think, that, I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever done for money was that. Used to love going to GameStop know. with like a whole stack of games and they're just like, Yeah, here's five bucks. Five, no, I got five cents for my Super Nintendo controllers. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. What's a video? Worst video game I ever bought was Pokemon <laughs> Snap. I beat it in 30 minutes and I was so disappointed. That that game was kind of fun though. Yeah, but 30 minutes that's crazy yeah terrible. what's what's a video game no one can beat you in ice hockey for nes okay what's your uh least favorite transit song least favorite transit song uh there's got to be one um i think scrape and claw off, off the, uh this will not define us <laughs> okay. yeah i, uh, I think so <laughs> what's a road rage incident you were involved in Road rage. I got cut off um, in my hometown. Um, like I was trying, I was parked at a convenience store and I was, you know, going back onto the road and someone just like <laughs> floored it and almost hit me. And I just remember like, I actually sat up on my, on my, um, like my window, like up out of the car screaming <laughs> at this guy, like, fuck you. And I can't believe I did that. Like, that's not in my character, but I was like getting out of my car through the window screaming at someone. That's amazing. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> in high school, high school. I think it's probably my fault too. Who knows? <laughs> What's a sport you're good or at least decent at? Uh, if you call skateboarding a sport, I'm really good at skateboarding compared to people who don't skateboard compared to people who skateboard yeah. all the time. I'm, I'll be okay. I'll be fun to skateboard with. Like I have some tricks like flatland tricks that are like, Oh, oh shit. Um, but I would say I'm good at, um, I'm good at skateboarding. I'm, I'm good at wiffle ball. Uh, I used to just be a beast at wiffle ball. Um, but, uh, played baseball growing up, almost played hockey. My family couldn't afford it at at the, like the year I was supposed to like start. Um, I think my life would have been pretty different if I actually played hockey as a kid. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would say uh, most confident in my ability to play wiffle ball and my ability to skateboard. Best restaurant in North Carolina. Best restaurant in North Carolina. Um, I would say for barbecue, since we're in the South, is Midwood Smokehouse. Okay, it's fucking incredible. I I I got I I, I had a bite of like. Um, burnt ends which are like steak tips but instead it's like pork yeah, and it's, yeah. they usually like chair wine to like season it or whatever but i bit into it for the first time and i laughed with the food in my mouth and the table next to me is like what did you get and i was like burnt ends it's like we're gonna get that too but it was so good i like laughed i was like holy fuck <laughs> that's the best yep what's the what's the weirdest venue you ever played i played on a boat with title fight in france <laughs> no I was way in paris i think um yeah, and uh, I just remember drinking a lot of terrible beer, uh, but we were on a boat, and it was a venue, and it was sick. Uh, we played a 
another one with title fight and tiger's jaw and balance um we played a barn in pennsylvania that was collapsing i felt it was collapsing title wow. fight played and i slowly went away from where the band was and i started hugging this like pillar <laughs> like this yeah. you know piece of the like foundation of the barn it was the second floor of this barn and i was holding on to it like we're going to die this is stupid holy shit this whole thing's coming down yeah. eventually went downstairs and left everyone lived no one died but it was the most irresponsible venue i can think of um much rather have been on the boat <laughs> that's wild yeah I, I still regret i never got to see title fight I'm so bummed about that yeah we played a bunch of shows with them and man overboard and balance um i say that i'd say in like the middle of transit or probably towards no towards the beginning of of transit as well but the beginning and middle of transit's like career, we played with them a good amount. Right. I heard balance might be coming back at some point. I heard they're like That'd in be, like writing phase. They're great, great yeah. fucking band. I hope they do. Love them. I love his side project, Creeks, too. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite soda or pop? Ginger ale. I just bought uh let me let me, let me get it. Give me one second. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be my favorite um okay i have a feeling i went through a lot of best lists of like ginger ale and this is like the number one on a lot of those lists so mm -hmm. i have a feeling today at lunch uh it's gonna be fucking great uh right now it's frozen baja blast from taco bell Ooh, that's good gotta be frozen yeah what's something that made you laugh until you cried <laughs> Um, the fact that, uh, Republicans in Texas got really upset with big bird and there was <laughs> a big, big bird beef. Cause he's a, he's a puppet. Like he's a Muppet. Like it's, it's a bird. Yeah. Um, that was one of the funniest things uh, that happened. I think like a year or two ago. Um, but that was one of the funniest fucking things ever that there was big bird beef just in general. <laughs> um, I understand like, um, uh, Pepe Le Pew was canceled um, from the second Space Jam movie because he's like a character that's like a predator. Yeah. So I understand that he wasn't in the movie. But the fact that a skunk from like 70s cartoons was canceled and taken off of a basketball team that's fictional. There's something crazy about that. Yeah. where You know what I mean? Like that was kind of crazy. Um, I... I I wouldn't say it was a, a bad decision. I, I, I understand they don't want to like make that character popular for kids. Mm -hmm. um, so I understand and respect their decision of removing him. But like just the concept of like a cartoon character getting kicked off of a cartoon basketball team mm -hmm. is pretty nuts. Um, so that was, but the Big Bird one's my number one. That's hysterical. Um, Having beef with Big Bird is insane. That's so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so ridiculous. It's the world we live in. Favorite Cannibal Corpse song? I don't know, man. My favorite Cannibal Corpse record is the last one. The production's perfect. Yeah. I know it's one of the first songs on that record. I think it's the third track of the new record. Okay. Um, I always forget song titles, but I know it's the third track of the new record. It's fucking incredible. That's the heaviest band, I think, of all time. Dude, uh, skinless, skinless is up there too. Skinless is one of the heaviest bands I've ever heard. 
Um, some Converge songs are some of the heaviest songs I've ever heard in my life, especially the last song yeah. off of, um, was it that Dark Horse? Is that, is that the album, Dark Horse? Mm, maybe. Um, yeah. Um, was, the, yeah. Was, the, was the Cannibal Corpse song Inhumane Harvest? Yeah. Okay. Third, is it the third track? Yeah, it's the, third, it's track. The third track. Yeah. Yep. What's something you shoplifted? Reese's fast breaks. Um, oh, it's the best candy bar ever. Yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't even love the candy bar at the time, but like I was, my family was pretty poor growing up. Like we didn't have like my mom worked three jobs with three kids, um, yeah. and uh, we would skateboard in front of this. Um, like it's like a Seven Eleven, but it was called uh, Little Peach in Saugus. And yeah. uh, we'd skateboard off the handicap ramp. There was like this big, um, you know, uh, cement handicap ramp on the side. And uh, we would go in and I would just like put my hand in my sleeve. And then we would like walk down the aisle and I would just like, as I'm turning the aisle, um, grab one and put it into my sleeve. <laughs> and then we saw this homeless man get caught stealing cat food and it was so depressing that I stopped shoplifting um, candy bars, but I, I probably got away with like 20 or 30 of those things. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. What's a record that you could say saved your life? Saves the day. Stay what you are. Okay. Uh, I threw away all my new metal CDs. When I heard that record, I changed <laughs> completely from listening to new metal, like corn and Limp Bizkit and POD and all that. Yeah. And uh, I threw them away and I started listening to punk and indie and emo and Midwestern emo. Like I completely changed what I liked in music. And the only bands I really kept listening to at that age, like 14 years old, was probably like uh, the Beatles and Black Sabbath. Mm -hmm. um, What's the best Narrowcast song? The best Narrowcast song? Um, I would say... Mind Eraser. I believe yeah, that is the best one so far. That's definitely my favorite on Death in the Woods, for sure. Yeah. All right, and when, what's your goals for 2023? The goals for 2023 are to write the best Narrowcast rec like EP record I can, this next one. Yeah. Uh, we're going to record in March. Uh, can like be the best dad I fucking can for my daughter. That's number one, actually. Absolutely number one. Yeah. Um, my goal is to get out of my own head and just be a be try to be a sane person. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just like, you know, happiness is something you work at. It's not something you either are or you get to have. It's something you have to work at. So, totally. you know, I think like being healthy is up there too. It's just like getting back into a routine of being a healthy person because if your body's healthy, your mind's healthy. If your mind's healthy, you have it. Um, yeah, that's, that's gotta be one of my biggest focuses is just, just, uh, being healthy again. Yeah. Well said. That's, that's definitely super yeah. important. So yeah. where, where can your fans find you? Like what's your, what's your Instagram handle? Um, it is, it, it, I think it's, is it's, uh, Joe, I, I changed it not too long ago. Um, it's, uh, let's see. Joe dot Boynton. Yep. Joe dot Boynton is where you can find me in the narrow cast dot band. Um, give us a follow. Perfect. Check out some songs. Um, 
but yeah, man, thanks for so much for having me. And, uh, yeah, it's been absolutely. awesome. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah. Um, if you have anything, yeah. If you want to help collaborate on anything visually, you know, social media wise, let us know. We're terrible at all of that. I'd love um, to. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause we definitely need help with everything. Uh, anything we can, anyone listening, if you got a talent that you want to bring towards the project, hit us up, let us know if you want to collaborate in any way, shape or form. We love having uh, guest vocalists on our songs. We love, you know, collaborating visually music video wise. Um, yeah, we're just very DIY. We don't have a label. We're doing everything we can to make it the best we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we're open to anyone wanting to, uh, be a part of it really. Hell yeah, man. Well, dude, thank you so much again for doing this, especially for a second yeah. time. It was so cool to see yeah. you again and let's definitely keep in touch. I'm, I'm super excited to hear some more new music and stuff. Oh yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah, dude. Thank you. Have a great rest cool. of your day. Yeah, dude. Uh, hit me up anytime. Um, don't be a stranger. <laughs>